Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. news and we got bad news good news we got a good show for you we got plenty of stuff to talk about things are afoot strange things are afoot at the circle k bill we got matters of sport to discuss with ye right here on grant and danny bad news i'm just danny you're not gonna hear grant they got the pukes they got the vomitov cocktail it started with one of the wee ones and it worked its way around to my guy, Grant Harrison Paulson. I got that morning text as I'm up. And Adam Peters, love you. Great hair, handsome, chiseled, beautiful eyes. Please make good decisions. But as I was getting up and Adam getting my boys out the door to school, we got that dreaded text there. Well, it's my turn. It has befallen me. He's up there praying to the porcelain god, calling dinosaurs, the yak monster. Sucks. So feel better, Paulsons. I, and by the way, Darius too. And I don't know about Ryan. Ryan feels invincible right now. He's got abs. Looks like Glenn Powell. So he's not worried about anything. But Darius, you and I are both worried about we're about to get it too. I'm definitely a little concerned. Yeah. Uh, especially because we're going to be getting on a flight in a couple days. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. The lads are going down to spring training. So whatever Grant Scott needs to get over with, let's finish, let's finish that up. So you can, you got, I mean, you guys are going Saturday. Saturday morning. I'm, in theory, going Sunday night, but who knows? This, the, the timing is never good to have the pukes, but this is especially not that awesome. Hopefully it comes and goes, and sort of that's your wrap. Major, uh, but a really good show today, and a big night, if I can say this, to make it personal for a moment here, Rhino. Purple team's got their playoff game, boys. Like, I am locked in. We've got no film of Electric Blue, and at some point I'm going to need Electric Blue by um, Outcast. We're going to have to play that. I don't know why exactly, but it's in my mind. We'll have to do that at some time. Not necessarily the segmentation, but we're going to have to do it. We didn't get to play him this year. We got canceled. This is true. It got canceled because of rain. You're like, what are you talking about, Danny? Basketball. A basketball game inside in Fairfax County was canceled because of rain. I just want to let that sink in. It's where we are in the year of our Lord, 2024. It's a big one. No idea about our opponent. Boys are coming off a lackluster performance. 
snatched a victory from the jaws of defeat. 26-24 in the most recent outing. Their last tune-up before the postseason finished alone in second place. No, they got a bye week, so no tune-up game. We will see. We will see how uh, how everything goes tonight. I'll have a full report for you guys tomorrow. I know you're waiting with bated breath. Uh, speaking of bated breath, so this is a Danny was wrong moment. What I always try to do, not everybody cares to do this sort of thing. I think it's critically important. Just as a quick editorial, as a quick um, soapbox, stand atop my high horse here for a second. I think it's really important to tell folks when you were wrong. I think it helps credibility. I really do. I think what happens too often in our, if I may wax poetic here for a second, in our media culture is something is not correct. We're either reported wrongly or uh, initial things were, were actually not as we thought they were. And then no one tells you, hey, we messed that up. So then how could someone believe you the next time? Right? Where I'm going here is... Everybody was just assuming that RFK, this site, would be available for the football team at some point. They just kind of waved their hand at it and said, it's going to happen. By the way, still plenty of hurdles. The biggest hurdle to me was the thing that old Bruce, Bruce, remember Bruce Allen? Remember how Bruce Allen was in charge for a long time? Was the thing that Bruce Allen was supposed to be greasing the wheels on. The thing he was supposed to be helping with. That on Capitol Hill, where they won't agree that the ground is down and the sky is up, right? A few hundred yards from where I'm sitting. We can look out one of the windows and see the Capitol. We used to be able to before they put up 19,000 condos uh, that are super expensive that no one can afford, but tell me more about affordable housing. Anyway, the point of the dude's story is, point is, I did not think this would happen this way. There was a vote yesterday that took place as bipartisan as bipartisan could be. Six people voted against it, by the way, all from the state of Maryland. We'll let you know where their uh, motivations might lie, uh, as a quick side. To overwhelmingly return control of the RFK land and surrounding areas to Washington, D.C. One of the old provisions was federal money can't be used towards something that will ultimately be a sports stadium. Ain't no such rule. For local, no rule for the locals. They can do what they want. Now, go to the D.C. City Council. I know you guys are you guys always tune into sports shows for inner workings of the D.C. City Council and the mayor's office. Uh, I would say this to be to try to be kind. It's a little icy between the uh, mayor and the chair of the city council. That was evident during the whole Ted Leonsis is leaving Washington kind of saga, which you may be familiar with, and it's ongoing. So that nobody's on the same page exactly. At this point, but I do think that monumental uh, uprooting and going to Ale- Alexandria maybe might the maybe might be the kick in the tuchus to galvanize folks to be on the same page. So that was a major development yesterday for your Washington football concern to go back to RFK to be in Washington D.C. The thing that everybody just assumed would happen. I kept saying, "You guys aren't understanding how complicated this is. There are way too many obstacles for this thing to just happen." The thing that I never thought would happen, one of the biggest ones, happened yesterday. So this is me, Danny Ruye, telling you I was wrong. I was incorrect. Totally wrong about this. I was stunned. We're going to have A.J. Perez from Front Office Sports on the radio program at 5 Post Meridian to discuss how seminal this vote was, how unlikely the friendship is between a Republican congressman named James Comer from Kentucky and the mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser, 
They seem to be BFFs. They're in cahoots. They're high-fiving. They're uh, shucking and jiving. Eleanor Holmes Norton's involved. Everybody's happy. You know, as you'd expect in our really, really, really cohesive political climate. Not. Old school not there, by the way. Uh, I think Wayne's World, all before Ryan was born. Um, That's a major development, though. So we're going to talk about that as the show proceeds today. How likely it is. We'll get some of the details, of course, I mentioned from AJ Perez at 5. But I'm going to want to know from ye folk, could you be happy if it was elsewhere? Like, could you deal with it being built on the same grounds that it is now? No, I couldn't. Could you deal with it being uh, National Harbor? Could you deal with it being at some faraway spot in uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia, as long as it was on a metro line? Whatever. I could ask you, is it RFK site or bust? I think that's a huge deal. Speaking of huge deals, here we go. Buckle up. Old Randy Duye's here. And as usual, I find myself with a completely, totally, 100% different opinion than the majority of folks out there. From Adam Schefter this morning, 7.02 a.m., getting, just getting the agenda going for, for Schefter today. So who's, whose waters are you carrying this morning? I'll read this, this tweet in Adam Schefter's voice. Attending his first combine as the Washington Commander's owner, Josh Harris has sat in and taken part in each of the six interviews that the team has conducted with the top quarterback prospects in this draft. Most owners don't attend the combine. Harris is not only in Indianapolis, but a part of the quarterback interview process. So here's what I've heard throughout the day on radio shows that I respect from people that I respect whose opinions I value, whether I agree or disagree. I like listening to my friends, the junkies, and B. Mitch and Finley and Kevin Sheehan and company, right? Here's what I've heard. If you were if you were in charge of any operation and you had a hiring that was this major, you'd sit in there. You'd do that. Which is totally fine that he's there. I like that he's there. It's good that he's there. He wants to see what's going on. He's involved. That's good. Interesting. Now, I like Josh Harris a lot. His best quality is that he's not Dan Snyder. That's a great thing to not be one of the worst people we got. Dan Snyder sucks. Josh Harris does not. I like Josh Harris. I'm rooting for Josh Harris. He is a human being who seems to get it. He seems to understand people. seems to understand how to build good workplace cultures. The whole nine yards. I want you to imagine that you were a fan of a football team. Now I want I now I'm going to tell you your owner is sitting in on quarterback interviews, not just sitting in for observational purposes. He's involved, taken part of each of the six interviews. Not just sat there taking notes because I've never owned a football team before and I want to see what these guys are saying to each other because I've never seen the process up close. I just am going to hear from consultants and Rick Spielman or or uh, you know, Adam Peters or whoever. Now I'm going to tell you that owner's Jim Irsay. You feel good about that if you're a Colts fan? I'm going to tell you that Mark Davis is sitting in interviewing quarterbacks. You feel good as a Raiders fan? I'm going to tell you that the Cleveland Browns owner, the Haslams, are hanging out interviewing quarterbacks. You feel good? The Ford family sitting in interviewing quarterbacks. You feel good about that? Here's why we are all talking ourselves into it and accepting it. 
because we like the guy. It's pretty simple. When we like somebody, we excuse whatever it is. When we like the person, we come up with very quick justifications. If you was running a Fortune 500 company and you had an interview, you'd be there. You're going to hear the same refrains throughout the day. You'll hear them on, on this show. You'll hear them on Overtime. You'll hear them on The Junks tomorrow. You'll hear it uh, uh, you know, on, on Kevin's Nine podcast that he advertised on his regular show. Come on, I'm just funny. You're going to hear it over and over and over again, the same refrains. This is not exactly analogous, but bear with me. I like John Allen a lot. I'm a huge John Allen fan. That guy is an awesome dude. He is the kind of person that you love having in your organization. Really good player, stand-up citizen, awesome guy. In fact, when we were at uh, the Ashburn facility last week, and I didn't know where to go, Darius, when I walked in, was waiting for instructions, someone to tell me what to do, you know who I saw? John Allen, sweating from having worked. John Allen was in the building working. I can confirm that. That's not a report. I'm just saying what I saw. I like John Allen. You guys might recall, I'm not dragging it up to, to rip the guy. He gave a pretty mm, uncomfortable answer to a question. Then had to apologize and clarify. If you don't remember the story, look it up on your own time. Just trust me on that. It was an answer that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and everyone's going, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. He apologized, and we all moved on. You know why? Because we like John Allen. We're John Allen fans. We all like John Allen. He produces on the field. He's a good dude. The net balance is way, 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 way positive for John Allen. Way in the positive comp. Way more deposits in the bank than negative withdrawals. So we forgave, and most of you guys, I guarantee you've forgotten about the thing that I'm talking about. And I'm fine with that, by the way, because, again, I, I don't think we should be burying the dude. Just pointing this out. Now I want you to remember what happened with old Dust Up. Remember old Dust Up? Not real popular, old Dust Up. People didn't like Dust Up all that much. And Dust Up said some stuff. And as soon as Dust Up said his wild, crazy stuff, what did you guys want to do? You wanted to fire him. I'm all, I'm all for firing him if his defense sucks. I'm all for firing him if he can't figure out how to get Chase Young to the quarterback. He couldn't. He got fired. Totally fine by me. But we didn't forgive old Dust Up. You remember why? Because we don't like old Dust Up. You see the difference? We love Josh Harris right now. And we should. We should love Josh Harris right now. He saved us from Bain's prison. He got us out of the abyss. We got a general manager. That's courtesy of Josh Harris and this ownership group. I am very, 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 in the tank, pro Josh Harris. I love the Harris Ownership Group. Is that clear enough for you guys? I love the Harris Ownership Group. Until they give me years of reasons not to, that's not going to change. I'm going to be more patient than all of you. I challenge you. I'm going to be more patient than all of you this coming football season. I will not be harping on their record at any point in time. I guarantee the majority of you guys Will, you'll be pissed off if they're 1-5. and five. I, The only thing I care about is this rookie quarterback and who's going to be here in a couple seasons. That's what I care about. They're trying to build something for you guys. And they'll drag your butt kicking and screaming along while they do it. I like Josh Harris. No one's going to hear that, though. No one's going to hear this part. I like Josh Harris. I have no interest in him being in those quarterback meetings. That's a no from me, dog. No thank you. If it's... if. If Adam Schefter doesn't have this correct, and I have no reason to suspect that, if Adam Schefter has it wrong and all Harris is doing is just, hey, he's like, if he's like, 
I've never actually seen a quarterback interview process or a GM meeting at the combine. I just wanted to see it for informational purposes because he likes to be informed. Fine by me. I'll back off. Totally fine. But that's not what it says. Harris has sat in and taken part of each of the six interviews that the team has conducted with top quarterback prospects in this draft. The owner, the owner is asking questions of Caleb Williams, of Drake May. You guys, what if you what if I told you last year that Dan Snyder has left the yacht and is in Indianapolis and he's interviewing quarterbacks? You would lose your minds because Dan Snyder screwed up everything every time. Every time he made a decision, it was the wrong one by miles. Yacht picks, Jeff George, Donovan McNabb, Carson Wentz. Finally got ourselves a cornerback. Get after his foot today, you loser. Anyway, if someone with a terrible track record was doing this, you would lose it. Harris doesn't have a terrible track record. So far, it's very good as far as I'm concerned. I don't like this at all. You have wonderful expert football people and Martin Mayhew still in your employ. They need to be the ones doing this. And if you're going just to be informed, I will apologize and back off. But I don't like this one bit. And I'm telling you, I'm the only one. Everybody else is doing the thing that I set up at the beginning of this little soliloquy. This little not a sermon, just the thought. Every one of you guys is going to excuse this because you like him. And you should like him. I like him too. This is not right. Don't do this. I don't want my owner meddling in the affairs of the football people. It's the point of having the football man. You see, when you get the football man, you allow the football man to do all the football man things. If you want to be a sounding board, by all means, use your incredible acumen across multiple sports. Ask appropriate questions. Make people defend their positions. That's ownership. That's that's leadership. Yes to that. He's in the meetings. You saw it. You see this. Most owners don't attend the combine. Harris is not only in Indianapolis, but a part of the quarterback interview process. I think that's wrong. I don't think you should be doing that. And again, I still like him. We're way, 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 way in the positive column. I don't like this at all. Every one of you guys that's going to defend it, and I want you to do that now, 800-636-1067. Every one of you guys is going to fall victim to the pathology. You like him, so you'll excuse it. Sub out Josh Harris for a less popular owner. Sub out Josh Harris for a guy that's made a bunch of mistakes. Sub out Josh Harris for Shad Khan, for Jimmy Haslam, for Jim Ursay, for Mark Davis. One of these guys that we think of as a boob. And you'd go, oh my God, what is he doing? Right? We're going to allow this. Not that we can't stop anything. I mean, there's nothing I can allow or disallow. Obviously, I'm just a radio putz. But you know what I mean? We're going to forgive this and forget about it instantaneously. Because he's popular. Because he's a good dude. Because he bought you a beer. And again, I am such a Josh Harris fan. 800-636-1067. I got a different take than everybody else, it seems like. And I'm willing to wear that. I already told you at the beginning of this segment how wrong I was about something. I ain't wrong about this. Oh, I'm on this one. I sniffed this one out. I got it. I got all you guys. I nailed your pathology. I nailed your thinking. 
Explain yourself to me. 800-636-1067. Josh Harris is interviewing quarterbacks at the Combine, and I'm like the only guy that doesn't think it's awesome. Your call is next on the fan. Even though uh, this season uh, was uh, hard for me and hard for us, it was hard, it's hard to win four games. Uh, from my point of view, we are coming out of this with um, poised for a great future. Uh, a lot of uh, draft capital, a lot of cap space, uh, and uh, I'm lucky enough to be supported by an amazing ownership group. And obviously, we think we're an attractive destination for 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 the next generation of leadership. And so, what, what I'm this is probably amongst the m- most important jobs I have as a managing partner. And uh, it's important that I do this personally and get this right, and that we bring in the right leadership. And he did. That was Josh Harris, my owner of the local 53. On Rivera Liberation Day, right? That was when we don't have to do Ron Rivera press conferences anymore. He got rid of those. Took months, longer than I would have done it, but he's a better man than I am. Talking about Josh Harris. Welcome back. Scranton Danny here on The Fan. No GP today. He is out sick. I want you to kick off your future with the law firm of Condorian Murad, the official Grant and Danny Show sponsor who can help protect your assets by updating your will and trust. Schedule the free estimate. Free, estimate, I'm sure. A free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys by visiting kmlawyers.com. Mention GD and score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. That's a grant and I are worth to you guys a discount. 10 plus years on the air together, get you a discount. That's what we know. Uh, I got a good show for you. AJ Perez will stop by at five. Looking forward to that talking RFK, stadium bill, and the like. But you guys have lined up to weigh in on the topic. If you're just joining us, Adam Schefter reporting that Josh Harris isn't just in Indianapolis at the combine, which is highly unusual for an owner. It's not just that he's observing interviews with quarterbacks he is actively participating he is involved in those things and my point is everybody who thinks it's fine it's because they like him if this was Michael Bidwell if this was the Ford family this was a Glazer or David Tepper in Carolina everyone would be losing their minds because they have bad track records Josh doesn't it's either in principle or it's not in other words If you have a problem with this, then you don't get to have a problem when a bad owner wants to sit in there and do it. Now, you're not going to have a problem because it's not your team. But if you're going to tell me Josh Harris spent $6.05 billion, well, Dan spent almost a billion. You cool with him sitting in on on quarterbacks in 1999 with Charlie Casterly asking questions? You want that? That's a no from me. 800-636-1067. Start line one. Line one? Not, Not the line at all. It's line one. Uh, Jim and Tyson's Jim, what's up, man? You're on the fan. Hey, Danny. I love your program, by the way. Oh, you're you a sweetheart, a job. Jim. Thank you. Uh, well, I thought I was the only one. I'm just, just kidding. We're in it together. Uh, you, there's you, ones of us. Uh, well, let me just say this. And I, I know there's so many people probably line up for this. I am in a hundred percent agreement with you. There's, there's three things here. You touched on the fact if this is Dan Snyder, people would be rockets heading to the moon again. Um, Secondly, this whole thing about bringing in all the best and, and making sure that they make the decisions and Dan Quinn letting in his interview saying how Peters makes the decision on the quarterback. This is a terrible thing in terms of 
sticking to that strategy about the people who understand the sport and the business making the decision. So that's number two. And then number three, I think he actually thought he was going to be at the ritual in the fraternity house, but this is like the worst PR thing that a professional who supposedly runs two additional franchises and um, is doing. I mean, people like me and anybody who's in the PR advertising marketing space is going, what is the message that he's sending uh, about his knowledge of how to run a franchise? Jim, I'm going to let you jump. Good phone call. Appreciate you making it. Charles in D.C., what's up, buddy? You're on the fan. Danny. Hey, man. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna come at it at a different way, Danny. Go for it. I, I mean, we have to we have to we have to kind of remember that this is still kind of new to uh, Harris. Yep. So if he if he wants to explore pretty much all aspects and all parts of what it is to be a uh, a franchise owner and you know explore those different you know those different avenues, I personally don't have a problem with it. I'm going to potentially sign a player to millions of dollars to join my organization, right? Mm-hmm. Not only not only will I be signing this player to millions of dollars, but I I sign every person that's in that room's check currently. Mm-hmm. So if he if they can talk to them, why can't I at least quote unquote sit in on the process? Now that being said, I would like I'm with you on this. I would like to know what exactly the sitting in on it on the process means. Charles, that's, I appreciate the call, buddy. I've got a lot of guys on hold, so I want to make sure I get to as many as I can. That What Charles just brought up is my essential question. I, I'm going to read again from Adam Schefter's tweet. This could be semantics to some of you, but to me, it's the, it's the whole game. Josh Harris has sat in, so far no problem, and taken part of each of the six interviews that the team has conducted with the top quarterbacks prospects in the draft. If this is simply, hey, I've never owned a football team before. I just want to see how this works. I want to know what, what guys are talking about. I, I'm gonna. There's no you know police precinct uh, uh, trick mirror, one way mirror, whatever the hell the thing is, so I can see through. They don't have that, so I want to be a fly on the wall. I would totally understand that. It, that's a fact finding mission. In fact, I'd appreciate that. That's not what this says. He's taking part. He's he's one of the guys asking questions. Most owners don't attend the combine. Harris is not only in Indianapolis, but a part of the quarterback interview process. Enormous distinction to me. If reporting later comes out, if, if the team issues a statement or or not that they would have to, may search the imagination. Again, I'm not frying anybody over this. I'm not decrying that it's all over and everybody should be sad. I'm simply saying there's a principle here. Like, in other words, when – and, I, and I'm, I apologize. This might touch on some uh, a sensitive area here with a little, little politics stuff. As someone that talks on the radio for a living and also does stand-up comedy, I would consider myself a pretty big free speech advocate. What I would like is for speech to be protected even if it's something you guys don't like. That's how free speech people are, okay? There, I said it. Hopefully everybody's okay. This is my point. It's the same thing applies, right? Do you want your owner meddling in who the quarterback is going to be? Yes or no? Yes or no? If you're a Carolina fan right now and and you found out David Tepper is sitting in and asking the questions of the quarterbacks, would you be losing your mind? You would because David Tepper has proven that he stinks. Now, That's my point here, is it's either a rule or it's not. An evenly applied standard is all that I look for in the world. I call balls and strikes. Again, I love Josh Harris. I'm a Josh Harris guy. Could not be happier with Josh Harris. I disagree with his actions here. That's as far as I'm going with it. Uh, Calvin and Calvert, thanks for being patient, buddy. What are your thoughts? 
Danny, I, I think you're standing on the jump to conclusions, Matt. Here, oh, there are different I, conclusions. You, know, you can jump to them. Go ahead, Cal. I, I, I think he, uh, you know, he's he, he sees how the base or the uh, hockey and the uh, basketball mm-hmm. operations go. You know, let's let him. He just might want to see how his, his staff he assembled, how they how they're working. Kevin, I want to hear your response real quick, but I'm, I'm not hanging up. But you you heard the distinction that Adam Schefter tweet, right? It's not just one sentence; it's two times that he's saying he's actively participating. That's different than observing, right? Observing, I'd be well, like, that's awesome. Well, he could be asking them what they had for lunch today at the combine. That's we, true. You know, we don't know. We don't know what he's asking. Let's not. Let's just we, look. Snyder burned us for twenty years. You sound, Danny. You sound like a woman who's been cheated on for twenty years. And now you think your new husband's gonna gonna cheat on you again? You you, you don't know that, Danny. I don't. I don't know that. You're hundred percent right. That's and that's part of my philosophy. I appreciate the call, Cal. Um, part of my philosophy as to why we should be drafting a quarterback up at the top of the draft. I've been burned just like you guys have. I think you take another crack at it. That's why you'll notice I'm not going, oh, my God, we're doomed, it's over. Just responding to, to what he was uh, pointing out about me. I'm not saying they, that now there's no way they'll get the pick right. I'm not saying that at all. Harris could just be asking a couple questions as a, a facilitator. As a, I mean, There's a lot that he could be doing that's not that big of a deal. I, you're totally right. But to me, it's the rule applies. What's the point of having that general manager instead of Bruce Allen? What's the point of having a real bona fide GM in here to make football decisions instead of a uh, a Vinny Serrato type dude or one of Ron's buddies? It's for this. Trust and empower that person. If Josh wants to be a sounding board for those guys when they're deciding between, for the sake of argument, let's say that interview process goes great for Jaden Daniels and it goes great for Drake May. And they're in a room together. All the big the big wigs. Mitch Rails is there. Magic Johnson's there. Mark Ein is there. Josh Harris. All the football people. And for some reason, Martin Mayhew's there too, but whatever. They're all in the room. And they're trying to decide who they're going to take with the number two pick. If Josh Harris is there to be a sounding board and to ask questions and to try to draw out reasons why and why not, making people defend their positions, that's leadership. I've been fortunate enough in my career, not just here on the the radio being able to flap my gums, but I had real jobs too. And I never really got very senior in most of those, mostly by design, but I have sat in on some some things, right? A a big meeting once when I was a government contractor with Department of Defense. I'll never forget this. The person that was in charge, and it was ultimately their decision, was listening to pitches from everybody. And he was basically a a, a district attorney doing a cross-examination of everybody's position to make them defend it. And I remember being very taken by that as a guy in my early to mid-20s at that point because he wasn't attacking anybody. At first, that's how it sounded. He did the same thing to everyone, basically saying, defend your position. Explain to me why. Not just a gut feeling. Give me data. Give me everything that you got on this so that I can make an educated decision. That's what Josh Harris should be doing, and I'm all in favor of that. That's right. Of course, he's involved, quote-unquote, with the selection of a quarterback. Not like this. Nobody does this. And that's kind of my point here, guys. We like Josh Harris, so we're going to forgive it. We're going to move right past it. I'm not telling you anything's doomed. I'm not telling you anything is is over with. You might as, might as well not even watch this fall. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying this, and I'm the only one who feels this way. Everybody else has their own opinion because they like Josh Harris. They're forgiving this and excusing it. If you didn't like Josh Harris, you'd be losing your damn mind, and that's my point. 800 1067, plenty of folks on hold. Somebody drops off, you can get in. You can tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm handsome. Whatever you guys want to do. Your call's next. Josh Harris is interviewing quarterback candidates at the Combine. Welcome your thoughts.
Look, I think that Adam had done a lot of work. It's worth pointing out, he had done a lot of work on us, uh, came in super prepared, had researched the team, had researched uh, all of us, had researched the opportunity, had a lot of questions, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, was a, it, it felt like it was an opportunity that he had identified uh, uh, before we had met, and then obviously we all ended up moving forward together. Great nanny here on the fan. No GP today. The poor guy has taken ill. Got the pukes. I'm here, though. Taking up to 630. AJ Perez joins at 5. Got the results of an NFLPA survey that's not too kind to your Washington 53. Yes, Darius, you got a little you got a little itchy face there. Do, do you feel like this is karma for all the times that he's joned on you for always having a sickness throughout your household? First of all, it's a great question. It's a fair one. Um, I will tell you this. It'll get forgotten. Like, the next time I have a sniffle, he's like, oh, you're always sick, loser. Like, it, it, yeah, he never remembers the times. Like, he misses, too. We're all sick. Everyone's got kids. Uh, I have a conspiracy theory, by the way, that I'll share with you during the break. If I say it on air, people, heads will explode. I'm just kidding, you guys. Um, so, we're talking about that NFLPA thing. But I do want to get to the bottom of this. I have an unpopular opinion. I'm perfectly willing to wear that. Josh Harris, who was awesome and great, and I've been thrilled with his ownership to this point, I'm thrilled that he's here. I think he's wonderful. I like the ownership group a lot. I like everything that they're doing. I don't like this. He is interviewing quarterback prospects at the combine. That's a no from me. Pretty simple. Uh, Rusty, in Dover, been very patient. What's up, buddy? You're on the fan. Hey, what's going on, Danny? How are you? Good, pal. So, um, I want to start by asking you a question. Uh, Would you consider Dan Snyder a good businessman? No. Would you consider Josh Harris a good businessman? Yes. So, therefore, I don't have an issue with him sitting in on the meetings of the most important business that he runs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if I'm, if I'm feeling a meddling vibe from him asking some of these questions or being in those meetings. Um, I also think that the levity of the pick kind of has something to do with, with this whole thing. If we were picking 15 and say he was in the quarterback meetings at the 15th pick, mm-hmm. I think that that would be a sign of, okay, hey, we're going to pick Dwayne Haskins because he went to school with my son. Right. Um, but it, but in this case, this is the number two pick, and it's obvious it's a big that one. it's a quarterback. Clearly it's, it's a, a big, big one. one. Yeah, absolutely. And you, mentioned, you mentioned politics earlier, and they say it every single election cycle. It's the most important decision of the franchise's history. <laughs> of course. Moving. That's a great bit, Rusty. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you making the call. Uh, let's go to Nathan in Centerville. Nathan, what do you got here, bud? Hey Dan, what's going on? I don't think you're crazy at all, man. I don't, I don't like this. I think that it's, it's, I, it makes sense that he wants to understand the process and see what's going on. But at the combine, where you're the only owner doing it, that's weird. Your talent evaluators get a limited time with these guys, so every time you're in there, to a caller, a couple callers go said he may be asking what they had for lunch. I know that he's not, that's not what he's asking, but everything he is asking is a waste of time when your talent evaluators get 15 minutes with these guys. Wait until a pro day or until they come for a private workout. Like it just, I, I, I don't think he's meddling, but I don't like it. There's better time, better place. Love that. Appreciate the call. And again, I, I'm, you'll notice I didn't even use that word. I, I, that's not what I'm thinking of. I don't, I don't think he's meddling. I don't think he's a tyrant. I mean, you realize the gap, how, how terrible Josh Harris would have to be on like a daily basis to approach Snyder or some of these other boobs that have, been, that have you know, luck boxed their way into billions of dollars to be in charge of a football team. I'm not accusing him of anything like that. I'm simply saying, if you ask me, Ball or strike? Do you like this? I go, no, strike. This is bad. I don't think you should do that. 
right? That's as far as I'm going. You'll, you'll notice I'm not suggesting to cancel the season or this whole thing is pointless. Like when they got Carson Wentz last year, whatever the hell that was, two years ago, I told you that day, this is pointless. This is a waste of time. Everyone who likes it's an idiot. You'll come to realize it in, in a matter of days or weeks or months, but it's going to happen. No to this. Wrong. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm simply saying on a binary, one or zero. I don't like it. This is not the right thing to do. Let's go to uh, Desmond in D.C. Desmond, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? Let me see if I can sway you right quick. Go okay, for it. so one, one, one quick statement, two quick questions. So you got to understand, first of all, Josh is not your average owner. Most owners didn't grow up 30, 40 minutes away from the stadium and then grew up rich enough to buy the team. Mm-hmm. So he's a fan first before he's an owner. So he wants he's going to be more involved than most owners and everything because he actually loves the team. Okay. Two, do you, the first question, do you believe that he sat in when they first drafted Joel Embiid and talked to him? It seemed like they got a good relationship. It, it, and I, I don't know specifically. I was trying to look that up, Desmond. Actually, it's a, fa- it's a fair question, and I don't have an answer for that. Okay, and the third one, the last one is, out of my whole 30 years of living, I've only known one owner and mm-hmm. one quarterback that have a great relationship, it seemed like, from the beginning, and that's Tom Brady and Robert Kraft. And they, so that's the best that ever done it. So there's no better way to make a great impression and, and meet your quarterback for the future than by meeting him the same day that he meets everybody else. You don't want to meet him later, and you seem like the, the big dog that just shows up when you show up. You'd rather meet him with the GM the coaches, and everybody else, so it seems more natural. Desmond, appreciate the call, but it's a good one. Thanks for making it. I would say there's plenty of opportunity to meet your draft pick before you draft them. There is. I promise you. There are visits. There's, uh, you know, uh, the schedule allows for that is what I would say. Some of the final candidates, certainly. But I, I understand your point. Here's my response, though. The person, tell me who I'm describing. Local guy who loves the Washington Redskins, who grew up going to games and grew up worshiping the team, ends up buying team. Who's that? Is that Snyder or is that Josh Harris? That doesn't guarantee anything one way or the other, right? We were excited back in the late 90s when when old Dan won the bidding war. It turned out to be a bigger disaster. And again, I'm not comparing the two, just simply offering that that set of, set of criteria that you gave me. Hey, local guy is going to be more involved than most. I don't know if I buy that necessarily. The the We think of an owner as meddling and tyrannical when they get involved and then bad stuff happens, right? So let's say for the sake of argument. Let's say Dan Snyder from the beginning. I know I keep comparing him to Dan Snyder. I don't mean to at all, but just I'm trying to offer the example. Let's say Dan Snyder was meddling, but everything he he touched turned to gold. Let's say that Jeremiah Trotter was great. Let's say that Albert Hainsworth balled out for this team, was a pro bowler as as a nose tackle, defensive lineman, whatever the hell. Let's say that every one of his moves was a good move. We wouldn't think of him as a meddling owner. We think of him as a genius. We think of him as meddling when it doesn't work. And my point is, before we know if it's meddling or not, we got to have a, a, a sort of a rule here. On a binary, would you rather your owner meddle, I put that in quotation marks, or not? I'm a not guy. I want Peters. Just give me Peters. We can do a little bit more on this if you guys want to. Hang on. 800-636-1067. I got um, this NFLPA survey thing we're going to get to. We talked about it. It's not just a chance to beat him up. It's sort of a reflection point here, given the last regime. I know we're talking a lot about Snyder. I don't mean to. And kind of the future going forward. I want to talk to you guys about that in the 3 o'clock hour. But we'll take more of your calls on this next. Josh Harris is interviewing quarterback prospects at the trade, uh, the, the trade, I'm sure, at the Combine. I'm not a big fan of it. And I'm one of the only ones, it seems like. Next on The Fan. It's G&D here on The Fan. A special warm welcome to our Richmond audience. Listening on 910 The Fan. 
Some you guys just go nine ten the fan. I like nine hundred and ten. It sounds more formal. That's how I feel. Kick off your future with the law firm of Condorian Murat, the official Grant and Danny Show sponsor. Who can help protect your assets by updating your will and trust? Schedule a free estate. I keep wanting to say estimate planning. The word's estate. It's sitting right there. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys by visiting KMLawyers.com. Mention GD and score yourself a discount. That's KMLawyers.com. We're going to talk about the NFLPA survey here in a moment's time. But I want you guys to weigh in at 800-636-1067. That's a tough one. We talked to Ryan, they talked to me. Adam Schefter, tweet this morning. Pretty simple. He says, in my best Schefter, attending his first combine as the Washington Commander's owner, Josh Harris has sat in and taken part of each of the six interviews that the team has conducted with the top quarterback prospects in this draft. Most owners don't attend the combine. Harris is not only in Indianapolis, but a part of the quarterback interview process. I think that's bad. Again, I'm not suggesting anything crazy. I just don't think this is the right thing to do. It's balls and strikes. So the analogy, I, I, I or the way I tried to explain this at the top of the show, if for folks that are just tuning in, is this. Generally, what happens is when we like somebody, we give them a pass on things. If this guy, Josh Harris, had a bad track record, if he was David Tepper, if he was uh, Mark Davis or Jim Ursay or Woody Johnson or Michael Bidwell, Janice McNair, Jimmy Haslam, and you found out they were sitting in on quarterback interviews, you would lose your mind. A, because if you were fans of those teams, you wouldn't like those guys. Trust me on that. They're bad owners. B, they've got a track record of messing up. So then we go, I don't want a meddling owner. And again, I'm not accusing Harris of meddling. I have no idea. Meddling only, we accuse someone of meddling when their moves don't work. Right? If, I pointed this out earlier, if, if uh, Stupid Snyder, if all of the times that he stepped in and, were, and was like, we're getting Albert Hainsworth, and that had been great, we wouldn't hate him. If he had made all these moves and stepped in and, and uh, you know, Jeff George had been better than Brad Johnson and it was smart to fire Marty Schottenheimer and the next guy was great. Whatever the, all the mistakes, you guys lived through them, you know all the, the history. If that had happened, we wouldn't think of Snyder as this meddling owner, this disinterested micromanager that couldn't bother to learn anything but would swoop in and make a yacht pick at the last second. We didn't want Snyder, a.k.a. the owner, involved in football stuff. What was the mantra? Hire football people and let them do football stuff. You got a football guy. He's handsome as all hell. He's got great hair, steel blue eyes that look right at you while he's evaluating the football guy. You got Peters, bro. You got Lance Newmark from the Detroit Lions. I don't want my owner asking quarterbacks questions. Pretty simple. Balls and strikes on that. That's all I got. I'm not angry. Uh, let's go to Ian in Vienna. Been very patient. Thanks, buddy. Ian, what's up, man? You're on the fan. So I have the opposite opinion of you. I'm not a Josh Harris fan, and I haven't seen enough to be a fan of him. And I think we constantly are comparing Harris to Snyder, and I think that's a false move. We have to compare Harris to the current ownership groups uh, in the NFL. But where I'll disagree with you is, given the importance of what the quarterback position has taken on in the NFL, it doesn't matter who the owner is, who the GM is, who the head coach is. You find that franchise quarterback in the top half of the first round, that is the franchise changer. Mm -hmm. So I would have an issue if he was the key decision maker, et cetera. But I have no issue if he's 
part of the process. And of course, I agree that people work backwards. If it were Snyder, people wouldn't like it. People tend to like the new guy. They're going to give him a pass. But I think given the importance of the position and his importance and role in this franchise, him being a part, which is all we know, and perhaps asking a few questions of the player, I don't have an issue with it. If we do find out that um, two months down the road that Peters and Quinn and Kingsbury wanted Daniels, but Harris liked Drake May, yeah, then we have a huge problem. That's that's the nuclear scenario. Mm-hmm. But him being a part of it at this stage, it doesn't bother me because I just think the NFL quarterback is just too important. So it's such outsized everybody importance. Everybody being yeah. involved. Yeah, thanks. All right, thank you, buddy. Appreciate the call as always, man. Thanks for holding. So, again, I, I, I'm i weird. I could just stop right there. You guys would be like, yeah, you're pretty much. You're a pretty weird dude. Ryan and Darius are both nodding, by the way. Thanks for the support, guys. Any hoodles? Yeah, I'm, I, I know I'm weird. I see things differently than everybody else does uh, in a lot of cases. doesn't make me smarter or better. I just, I just do. I see things in a weird way. I work back not from, well, let's see how this goes. I don't do that. I go, if you have a th- – I think of these as equations. Right, If you've got this variable and that variable, it might turn out fine. I don't want to have that equation happen. I didn't, that didn't make a lot of sense. Let me try it a different way. To me, this is, this is the – let me try this one. We have a rule in these United States of America, right? We don't like illegal searches and seizures. That is something that is a constitutional right for people, okay? Now, I want you to imagine the worst person in the world, a terrible dude that we just know, we know, just don't ask me how we know, but we know, has committed all sorts of crimes, is a terrible dude, just deserves to be locked up. And let's say the time that you search this person's home, nothing to be found. You wouldn't want a police officer to drop evidence there, would you? Of course not, right? That's like movie stuff. You wouldn't want that. That's my point. Just because we get the result we want, the process has to be good. It has to be. Josh Harris is Mr. Process. You see what I'm saying? Like, if he leads us to the better quarterback option somehow, like, let's say they take Drake May and, you know, Dane Daniels falls on his face at some point and May's a pro bowler, we'll go, see, that was great. No, 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 no. Because now we have a precedent. I don't want that. I want the correct 100% at all times process. That doesn't include the owner sitting in these meetings interviewing players. Nobody does that for a reason. The empowered football guys should be doing that. Josh Harris has a much larger role later on down the line. When the football guys are debating, he needs to be there leading that discussion. Again, I told this story before the break here, but uh, for folks just tuning in, I've had a number of jobs throughout my career. I had one job where I was with the Department of Defense working as a government contractor. I remember being in this one meeting. I had no role. I was just an underling, but it was important stuff that was being decided among several people. There were opposing sides pitching the big boss. And the big boss acted as a, as a district attorney, like cross-examining witnesses, forcing everybody to uh, acknowledge the risks, to defend their position, to go beyond just this is my gut feeling with data and supported facts and everything. I remember being blown away by that and thought to myself when I left that meeting, that's what leadership is, right? That's what leadership is. He valued everyone's opinion, but he wanted to, to, get, to have all the information to make the best possible decision. That's normal. That's normal. So when you're hiring Adam Peters, yep. When you're hiring Dan Quinn, yep, he's involved. I get it. Be the sounding board. Not here, not at this phase. There's a reason nobody else is doing that. Let's go to Shane in D.C. Shane, what's up, buddy? 
Commander Danny. That's who you are, Commander Danny. <laughs> what do you say, pal? Commander Danny, buddy. Hey, look, I, I, I got a problem with it. Here's the thing. That would be like me working on one of my, my data centers, right, and the owner come in and telling me, standing over my shoulder. I don't need to – that's why you hire these people, to do their job. I understand he's about to give the keys over to a $6 billion organization, if you will. But here's the thing. You have people that you trust that you pay very high salaries for that reason. If that's the case, why do we need a GM? Why do we need all this that you just went through, all this hiring? you got to go through the chain of command, and he needs to not meddle. And is he meddling right now? No. But you know what? I also, it's like a double sword. I, I get what he's doing, too. I would want to sit down and have a conversation with a young man that I'm about to give a uh, $6 billion franchise over to, 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 to for the next couple of years. I want to see if this guy's headstrong or, or anything like that. That, that. that he can do. But you know what? Being at the combine and all that, no, I, I 100% disagree. I think he needs to focus on his day-to-day activities, running the business, instead of looking at scouts. That's what you got scouts for. Shane, appreciate you, buddy. Let's go to Alex in Atlanta. Listen on the Odyssey app. Shane, uh, Alex, what's up, bud? Hey, Grant. First of all, I met you at the uh, By Danny thing at the brewery, and you are very handsome. So oh, I want you to know there that. we go, Alex. That's what I'm talking about. I'm Danny, by the way. You knew you were talking to me and not Grant. Did I say Grant? I'm you sorry. did. That's okay, buddy. It, it happens all the time. I, I, I'm sorry. I was I was leading into my point is that I agree with I agree with you 95% of the time. I, I don't agree with you on this one. Please. We don't know. Yeah, and the reason why, and, and the earlier caller said it, is because the quarterback, it's not like we're picking five and he's, he's sitting in talking to Joe Alt, right? It's the He's the face of the franchise. He's the guy. I think it's okay for him to be in there. And the most dangerous words in the English language are, it's the way we've always done things. So if he's okay, if he wants to change paradigm and just sit in and see and, and maybe rattle the guy and see how he answers the questions, I'm fine with that. Now, if he comes in and, and comes over the top and overrides Peters, then I'm with you 100%. He hasn't done that yet, so I'm going to give him the leeway until he does something that pisses me off. Makes that's, sense. That's all I want. No, oh, appreciate it, Alex. Yeah. Thanks for holding money. It was uh, nice of you. Um, I want you to imagine in Chicago right now, they got the number one pick. You might be familiar. They find out today that Virginia Hallis McCaskey is sitting in with Ryan Poles on GM meetings. Not just sitting in to observe, but asking questions. What do you think they would say? Think about that. That's kind of my point, right? I know I'd prefer Josh Harris to Virginia Hallis McCaskey, by the way, as an owner, because he's got a lot of sports ownership under his belt, and I'd like the way they've done things to this point. I still do, by the way, very net positive. For those of you that are thinking this is just me ripping the, the owners just because it's it's fun and easy to do, no, no, no. I'm still very, very high on the Harris ownership group. I am a fan of theirs. I just happen to disagree with this. That's all. Let's go to Tyrone in Upper Marlboro. Tyrone, what's up, bud? You're on the fan. Hey, what's up, Dan? Hey, How you doing today? Good, pal. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Let me just preface this real quick. I'm I'm 44 years old, so I experienced the Joe Gibbs era. So am I, Tyrone. We're 40. When's your birthday, buddy? When's your birthday? Uh, December uh, December 26. I'm an I'm an August guy. Four years your senior, but 44. <laughs> it's a weird. It's it's a Riggins year, man, and nobody cares. Uh, right. <laughs> I hear you. So this is where I equate it to. I think um, my fellow fans like yourself and some other folks know not. But I think this is being over-exaggerated. I almost uh, equate it to a scorned woman who's been in a toxic relationship with a bad man. And when she gets a good man, she looks for the sky to fall. Mm-hmm. I guess it's too good to be true. So we kind of look for other things to kind of 
I don't want to say complain about, but <laughs> you know. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. No, I get like you, buddy. You may not open the door for you one day, and you're like, oh, see, I knew it. I knew it was too good to be true. He ain't right. open the door for me. So I feel like this is a fan base that's scorned. I get it. You know, because, for example, when I hear callers call in, they still talk about back in 2000 when we signed Deion Sanders and stuff. Like, that was like 20 years ago. Yeah, and 20 we more years ago. About it. Yep. Yeah, like we still talk about it because <laughs> we've been abused and we've been in toxic relationships. So, I'm not worried about it. You know, that's just my take on it. No, I appreciate it, dude. Thanks. Appreciate you making the call. So, people have used that analogy a couple times. The, you know, I don't mean to be trivial about it, but people that have gone through something bad enough that you, you expect a bad thing. I, I want to be clear. I'm not doing that. I, I am not saying that this, this nothing will ever work because Josh Harris is doing this. I, I, I am far, far, far from that. They, there's a lot of track record that's yet to be established of things not working to such a high degree before I declare this ownership group, you know, uh, incapable or bad or anything else. They are far from it at, at this stage. They've been really, really good, in my opinion, to this to this point. Everything that they can control has improved. And it's up to, it's a reasonable mind can disagree to how much. I am a fan of these guys. I want to make that very, very, very clear. We got a long way to go before I'm out or upset or anything else, okay? Simply saying, this particular set of actions by Josh Harris is something that if you asked me, Danny, I just, I really value your opinion. What do you think about me interviewing quarterbacks? I'd say Mr. Harris or Josh, whatever he prefers, probably Josh. He's a regular dude who happens to have a lot of money. I'd say, Josh, I don't think you should do that. You'll have a chance to talk to these guys later on. You should be a sounding board for your football professionals. To me, this is not where you are best served. This is not where you should be applying your energy and your strength. You have empowered smart football people for these kinds of purposes. You got them. Let them do it. Let them take those 15-minute interviews at the combine. Okay? You don't have to do that. You'll get a chance to go to dinner with these guys. You'll, you'll have a phone convo. You'll do a face-to-face on site visits. However you want to do, you make the time you'll be able to. I don't think you should be doing this because I wouldn't want, if I was a fan of the Lions, I wouldn't want uh, Sheila Ford doing it. I wouldn't want Gail Benson in New Orleans doing it, Shad Khan in Jacksonville, David Tepper in Carolina, Jim Irsay, Mark Davis, Woody Johnson, Stephen Ross, Michael Bidwell, Janice McNair, Dean Spanos, Jimmy Haslam. I, I ripped off a bunch of owners there. Do you want your owner involved in personnel decisions? A lot? No. So, that's kind of my applicable rule here. I wouldn't want you to do that, sir. Again, you're doing a bang-up job, and thank you for everything. Lou in Waldorf. They're not booing. They're saying Lou. What's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? How you doing today? Good, pal. I, I, I'm with you, but I would want the owner there. And this may be an indication that a reason why he's there. Because what if this GM has decided that Caleb Williams is a very, very special pick and we need to give up a lot to get him? Well, the owner's probably like, look, I got to evaluate him if you want me to sell the farm to get him because we just went through that shiny object with RG3 and there was some character flaws there and teammate issue flaws there that he has to evaluate. So I'm with you, hmm. but I understand it. That's Interesting. Lou, thanks, buddy. So a couple dominoes have to fall for that to be the case. I don't want to speculate as to that. And even still, let's say, again, Adam Peters comes back from the combine 
um, having spoken to Cliff Kingsbury, and he's, and he's talked to all the quarterbacks, and he's going to tell Josh Harris, this is what we have to do. There's still plenty of time for conversation on that front, even without Josh Harris sitting down and trying to glean something from a couple of questions over 15 minutes at the Combine. But I, I mean, I see the, the scenario you're talking about, but I just don't think that would require Josh Harris to be one of the only owners at the Combine and definitely the only owner sitting in on quarterback interviews. Let me find somebody that is mad at me. Um, oh, Ernest in West Virginia. Ernest, what's up? You're on the fan. Am I mad at you, John, Danny? You sound I'm furious with me, Ernest. What's up, buddy? What's on your mind? I'm not mad at you. But look, I, I, I kind of—I mean, I, I kind of disagree on this one. Wool out. Uh, because it's—I mean, look—we're in the—we're in the DMV, the the, the 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 area of politician. We always want to find something to nitpick on. And I mean, I mean, it's your job to find something as a radio host to find something to talk about. I understand that, but you know, this is really not that bad. I mean, I think. I mean, if I was the owner, maybe I would do the same thing. I might want to say that. I may not want to. I may not say anything. And that's all we know. I mean, that that, that reporter didn't say he said anything. Well, he, he said, to clarify, Ernest, though, real quick, and uh, I'm, I'm going to let you go again. Yeah. But Schefter did. He said he's participating. If he was observing, I'd go. He's observing. That's cool. He because he's never you know sat through any of these processes, has never heard about these conversations but, before. Wants the rhythms of it. He's participating. He's asking questions. But, but what what does that participating mean? I mean that could, that that's a that could be a general statement. Participating. I mean what he's participating in helping to to, 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 to move the chairs around or something. <laughs> right. He's participating <laughs> I mean, in, in room arrangement. Ernest, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you making the call. Again, I just I'm going to read this one more time. Josh Harris has sat in and taken part of each of the six interviews that the team has conducted with top quarterback prospects in this draft. Most owners don't attend the combine. Harris is not only in Indianapolis, but a part of the quarterback interview process. That's a big distinction from observing. If he's observing, I'd be like, how cool is this dude who just wants to see how this works to gather as much information as possible? Again, I, I hopefully you guys are hearing in my tone. I'm not doing what I would have done with like Ron Rivera making a stupid call or uh, something like that. This is a, hey, I disagree with this. I don't think this is the right thing to do. And I think most folks are going, it's fine, because they like Josh Harris. Let's go to Kenny in Greenbelt. Kenny, what's up, man? You're on the panel. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, dude. I just want to say real quick, I feel like everybody's overreacting. Um, I think Josh being in the war room, I mean, uh, being in the, um, being in the draft uh, quarterback room, room yeah. It's not a problem. Yes, it's not a problem because you know, it's, his, it's his first draft, so he probably wants to see how everything's being ran. I mean, maybe he's asking a couple questions, but I mean, I know he's going to, you know, put all his money on what Peters say, and he's so. going to, you know, go with that pick. I but hope so, I'm buddy. I'm sure that he really wants to see what's going on. He yeah. really just wants to see what's going on. And Kenny, I hope that's the case, by the way. I would love for some further clarification reporting that that's how this has gone. If you guys have seen that, Darius Ryan, anybody out there, hit me up at Funny Danny on the Twitterverse. If it's just to clarify, all he's doing is observing and he just wants to see, fine. Let's go to Ron in Richmond. What's up, buddy? Hey, my friend. I think you're overreacting here. A okay. couple things. One, one thing, we, you guys don't listen during these press conferences because when he brought uh, Quinn in and he and the general manager were Peters. shutting down all three of them, the first thing they said is we're going to collaborate on these decisions. So they, they gave you an idea what was going to go on. So, Ron, wouldn't, real quick, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't that include – why does that necessarily include him being the only person 
as an owner to interview players at the combine. It, collaboration, well, there's plenty of time before the draft for them to collaborate, right? Well, listen, listen, listen. Number one, we don't know who else was in the room, you see. So if, if it was just him and Adam Peters, then it would make sense because maybe the assistant general manager mm-hmm. or Dan Quinn was doing something else. So let's get all the information before we persecute the guy. You know, so the other thing is the man just spent billions of dollars for his team. And he's had successful businesses. So he's hired leaders before. Are you talking about so, Dan Snyder or, or Josh Harris? No, no, no. We're talking about Josh Harris. Well, because that's, that's what people said about Snyder in 99, Ron. That's what they said. Now, he paid okay, he paid a billion more, dollars and he's been successful in business. Okay, one more thing. And that, yep. that turned out not to be true because he's We know that it. now. Yeah. 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 But the, the other thing is, listen, it was only 15 minutes. It's not like he took, you know, like these, these interviews were hours. So we're talking about 15 minutes. He's there. He's sitting in there. How much collaboration, how much could he have said to this guy in 15 minutes? Now, you can ask one question that takes 10 minutes to answer. So let's not jump to conclusions. Let's find out. I'm sorry. No, I've got to let you jump, man. It's a great phone call. I appreciate you making it. I'm really good at taking a short short question and speaking for a long time and ruining entire segments. I'm, I'm great at that. So... There's a lot of benefit of that out there from what you're talking about, Ron. Hopefully you understand. I, I keep trying to say this to, to qualify it. I'm not persecuting anybody. I'm not, I'm not killing <laughs> Josh Harris on this. I hope everybody hears me. This is not, this is not me going, you guys, this ownership's never going to work. I, I am not doing that at all. I believe in them. I believe in the Harris ownership group. I think this is an incorrect decision. That's as far as I've gone. We, we're good, right? Like, if they pick... Uh, if they pick Drake May at two, I go, oh, I would have taken Jaden Daniels, but I'm excited about Drake May. It's the same level of, I, I would disagree. I would have done something else, but not a big deal. Again, I've, I've, been, I've been beating this drum about, I can't believe Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney are still there. I would do something different. I'm not telling you that Adam Peters can't do the job because of that. I think differently on something. That's okay. Still very much in the corner of Adam Peters, of Josh Harris and company. That's all I'm trying to say here. Like the, the thing that I don't buy and again, I appreciate Ron's call from uh, from Richmond. He just paid a lot of money. That's the exact thing that people said about Snyder. It's the exact thing that they're saying about David Tepper. It's the exact thing they're saying they said about Shad Khan. It's the exact thing they said about name that owner. They paid a lot of money. He can do what he wants. I know that. No one's preventing him. This is not against the law. My point is, I'd prefer that he didn't. The collaboration moments are coming. There is plenty of time for that. They've already collaborated. They'll continue to, and that's good. Harris is a good leader in that regard. You've got a really a bunch of really smart guys as part of this organization, and I like that a lot. Winners like Magic Johnson, smart business folks like uh, Mitch Rails and Mark Gein, whole bunch of guys that know what the hell they're doing in general in life. They're not going to do a dictatorial thing. They're not going to do some sort of weird thing where they're afraid of having smart people in the room, which is one of that little twerp Dan Snyder's greatest flaws. They've got a bunch of of smart, qualified football people. I'm just saying, if you've got 15 minutes with Caleb Williams, let the football guy do the 15 minutes with Caleb Williams. That's what I'm saying. That's it. I don't want any, I don't want any punishment or I don't want any fines or I don't want anyone to be upset. That's as far as I'm going. Say, hey, I disagree with this one. We'll move on to the next one. I uh, appreciate all the calls on that. We're going to move on. We'll probably come back and touch on this a little bit later in the program. Really appreciate the input on that. Even people that were so mean to me, you guys, Mean. I'm kidding. That was fine. Uh, the NFLPA did their annual, is it a newel or annual? Uh, annual survey. 
And it didn't look real good for Washington. This is not a beat up the football team thing. This is a point of reflection, a point to kind of look behind and then be able to look ahead. I'll explain what I mean next. We're going to give you the opportunity to win. Not one. No, 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 no. Two pairs. So two different people are going to win a pair. So that's two pair. You follow me? Of tickets to three sheets to the wind at Capital One Hall there in Tyson's Corner. Give you a chance to do that. We'll do that at, um, let's call it 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, right in advance of the old Beltway Blitz, you'll have a chance to win tickets to a Yacht Rock explosion. But it'll be mild explosion. Not a lot of, not a lot of loud noise there, which will be fun. AJ Perez is going to join us at 5 to talk RFK, stadium bill, next steps, what yesterday's pretty momentous vote, I would say, when you add up the fact that it was – Darius, remember the exact scoreboard? It was like 364 to 50, something like that. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was like the most bipartisan thing that's happened. We're like if, if right now on Capitol Hill – Someone introduced a bill. It's like, human beings breathe air. They'd be like, objection. No, they don't. Nah, not you or something. They, they couldn't get that passed. But it was a massive, massive landslide thing. What was the number? 344 to 52. Yeah, 344 to 52. 344 to 52. It was like the time Ryan played that one elementary school uh, uh, basketball game against that team that, that they, they felt sorry for. His team put up like 300 points. The other team put up two. He still thinks about it. That and a kid who went to the bathroom in his pants one time as a middle schooler. Anyway, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah. So the NFLPA survey comes out. You guys remember this last year where Washington looked bad? Well, surprise, surprise, they are last again, Washington is. So there have been some improvements year over year, though. Okay, ownership, better. Uh, they're 18th in that regard. So if let me back up if you guys don't remember this thing. This was the NFLPA Conducts an anonymous survey, hopefully without retribution, uh, so nobody can be punished, you know, no names attributed to it, so players can speak honestly, asked to rate the team organization on a number of categories, right? I think there's like 10 or 11 different categories. And Washington is down at the bottom in nearly every category. Go through it for you super quick here. Treatment of families, that's an F minus. They were 31st on this list. Food slash cafeteria, D plus. Nutritionist, dietitian. This was something, by the way, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I think Jason Wright and company, I think they talked about this. Uh, they were going to try to improve in that area. So I have somebody that was actually active there to help you. It's a controllable thing. So do I want, you know, protein at 2 or protein at 2.45 or 3 o'clock before I lift, after, whatever. They got somebody there now that's helping, which is an improvement. Locker room, F minus. Training room, F minus. Training staff, F. Weight room, C. Strength coaches, A, they scored very well. They were fifth overall in that category. Team travel, F, 31st. Head coach, C, 31st. That was Ron Rivera, I guess, is who they were rating there. Kind of rated him lower. Anyway, um, ownership, B, which was 18th. So this is, you know, easily a chance if you feel like it just to bash Washington because this is a scoreboard from this past year. And there wasn't much, in my opinion, that this new ownership group could have done to really help some of these scores. A few of them were helped. Again, ownership is one. Uh, they've affected the head coach. That's another one that now it took them a while to do that, but they did it. Uh, strength coaches have always been positive. Uh, the nutritionist dietitian improving um, is a big one. That ownership group can control that. I think the food slash cafeteria is something that could improve. 
pretty readily, but I don't know if they could have done everything about it this year in terms of contracts and some of the space issues that they've got there in Ashburn. But you'll notice the only other category that is about treatment or about how interactions is treatment of families. I'll come back to that one in a second. That's where Washington scored very poorly. They were 31st on that list. The other stuff is all facility. Locker room, facility, training room, facility, training staff. I guess that's controllable, right? That's a little less facility. That's more personnel. Weight room, that's a facility thing. Uh, Those are the categories that Washington scored very poorly in. That's the stuff that has to change. That's the stuff that this organization is hampered by when it comes to performance, when it comes to cutting edge, when it comes to trying to compete against the other 31 teams that are spending on those items. And I know there's a section of our fan base that's old school smash mouth, let's have full pad practices in December. Uh, you know, I want canines and ty- and dinosaurs and and that dog in him and let's bark and hit each other Oklahoma drill. I understand all that. You want toughness. My point is there's science that goes into it now. There's a reason every major league pitcher, if you turn on spring training games right now, is throwing 98 miles an hour. They scienced the hell out of it. It's not just, that guy's got a great arm on him. One day he'll throw real hard. It's now little snots that 10 years ago, 20 years ago would throw 86 are now throwing 99 because they built themselves in labs. They figured out how to master and go above what the normal human experience would be. Who would have just said, well, old Walter Johnson really slings that pill. Watch him throw. Now we build Walter Johnsons routinely. There's There's science here. They can't compete with a crappy locker room, training room, uh, and a weight room. They can't on the same level. you got to do more just to be the same as everybody else. They are behind the eight ball there. There's not much that this ownership group can really do or could have really done this past year to fix most of this stuff. They improved in a lot of areas. I think the next controllable step would probably be expanding cafeteria, hopefully you know, better, more nutritious food, et cetera. The other one, treatment of families, is an area where I think this ownership group could really step up here and understand that this is a temporary situation dealing with FedEx field and, 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 you know, some of the awkwardness um, of having it be so far away from where they train and a number of things. I think that's controllable. I think they'll step up this year. I, I imagine when this ranking comes out next year in, you know, early March end of February, Washington will score a lot better than they did this year. But here's my question. And we don't have time to do this now, but I want to kind of come back to this maybe later on in the program guys. You'll notice there's no venom in my voice about the ownership group and these and these numbers. These, to me, are Dan's numbers. These are Dan's grades. Ron's grades. Okay? When am I not going to be able to say that? When does this part of the honeymoon end for the Harris ownership group? I'm not there yet. I don't mean to imply that I am. But at a certain point, we're going to look at our watch and go, all right, guys, it's time. I need you not to be dead last on this list. Even though, by the way, the 31st team here is Kansas City. And they win Super Bowls all the time. It must be fun for them. must be neat. So it's not necessarily a, you know, a, a guarantor of success. But they've got Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. So if you know, I would trade Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid for nice facilities. I'll tell you that right now. But you can't. they only make a, a small number of those guys. So the things you can control have to improve. When are we going to be able to say, all right, enough. We can't blame Dan Snyder anymore. We can't blame the old regime that never spent on this kind of stuff because it was unsexy. They spent on eye candy. They'll go get you, Albert Hainsworth. They'll go get you, Jeremiah Trotter. 
They'll go get you, you know, uh, uh, Carson Wentz. They'll go get you Donovan McNabb. They'll go get you high-priced Harry. But they won't spend on this stuff. They won't spend on these behind-the-scenes hidden things where you make people feel like they're being treated well. They wouldn't do that. When does that improve? And when should we expect it to be improved dramatically in some of these rankings? Something you all want to noodle uh, later on in the program. Maybe in the 4 o'clock hour we can touch on some of that. Uh, double play is next. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. We'll touch on a couple different topics in that regard. Uh, then at 4, Beltway Blitz and a chance to win some tickets to see a Yacht Rock explosion, but a mild explosion where nobody's damaged. All right? That's uh, next on The Fan. So I got a tweet here, boys, from Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Josh Harris sat in on six QB interviews at the Combine, source confirmed, but I'm told he was there to observe rather than ask questions. Thank you, JP. Tweet. The meetings were led by GM Adam Peters and included Coach Dan Quinn, AGM Lance Newmark, and others. So this contradicts the Adam Schefter. He's actively in there asking questions. Not only are no owners at the Combine, but nobody else is doing this. Sam Forty has got reporting that says, my guy Josh Harris there to observe. So, this is my tune changing. Good job, Josh Harris. Hell yeah. Love that. Tweet. Thank you, JP. So, what if, like the like a bird made a sound, what did it do? Tweet. Yeah. Yeah. I sent out a short communique on Elon's app. I sent a tweet. Yeah. 2022. What year, what year was I 42 years old? 2022. There you go. That's good information. I forget what other ones are in there. Is there is the word 12 in there? Twitter. Yeah. Like, to me, the ultimate would be, in 2012, I tweeted on Twitter. Like, that would be, and I had a Twix. 2021. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, we got to remember to start, like, getting, like, 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 slipping Mullins, like, a couple bucks here and there. Like, anytime he comes across a word with that TW, you just, you just go ahead and save it for the old Grant Danny program. Tweet. Love you, JP. Stop it. Okay? Are you done? Don't don't you don't push it again. I gotta do the segment. Don't <laughs> damn it. <sighs> so anyway, oh yeah, I want to clean this up. So my concerns, if what Sam 48 is reporting is correct, and he's usually spot on, I love that. I take back any negative thing I said. Who's right, who's wrong? That's important. So I was going on what Adam Schefter said. I reacted. I got what Sam Fortier says about the owner. I take it back. I love it. Very good job. Uh, all right. So it's time. We do this every day, except for Friday. It's a little bit different, but today's not Friday, so it's not different. Uh, oh, by the way, I got a chance for you guys to win Yacht Rock tickets at four. That's in about 11 minutes from now if you're scoring at home. Uh, do this every day. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. It's great Danny here on The Fan. Uh, I'm Danny. No GP. He's got the pukes. Um, I'm going to get my ass kicked tomorrow, boys. I, old Fanny Mouye, am going to walk in to Down the Line Sports Center in the Fairfax area. And I'm going to play pickleball against professional pickleball players. You can look them up. Leah Jansen, Etta Wright, Rafa Hewitt, Connor Garnett, Pablo Tellez, Dylan Frazier. A group of those folks We'll be there. I'm not sure exactly who's going to be with me tomorrow morning. 
But I'm going to down the line sports center, which I'm pumped about. It's their grand opening is taking place today. I was going to go tonight, but I can't because uh, the purple team's got a playoff game, and I you can't miss a playoff game. They're kind enough to let me come hit around tomorrow and do some social stuff where I record myself, uh, get my ass kicked, etc. I will tell you guys if you don't know, I'm pretty good. I am. I'm pretty good by like normal dad standards, right? I'm better than most dudes that play casually, and I'm nowhere near as good as some of the guys that play more regularly and more seriously. I have now recently hooked in to a group of guys that have really helped me get better, but I get roasted by these dudes all the time. These are guys that are four fives and fives. I think I'm a four on a good day. I don't have that many good days. Point is, I get smoked by these dudes, but it helps me. I like it. As long as they're willing to tolerate my presence, that's all good. Just to give you an idea, I don't know if you know the, the old pickleball rating system. And if you don't, that's quite all right. Please continue living your lives in, in blissful ignorance. If I'm optimistically a four, these dudes and gals are like near sevens because they're professionals. They'll go to a tournament and they earn money from their pickleball performance. You know how much I've earned lifetime for playing pickleball? Nothing. Trick question. I've spent on pickleball stuff. I've spent on my Eula paddle. I've spent on my Selkirk. I've spent on my uh, court shoes. So don't turn an ankle. But I'm happy fair to say. Thank you, Coach. These folks are going to kick my arse. And my hope is they're going to be nice about it and like teach me some stuff while they're kicking my butt. So, you know, you ever, have you ever played any kind of sport with somebody that does this? They're so good. Like I played, uh, I, I, told, I think I told this story before. I played with our buddy Frank Hanrahan. We all know Frank, right? Long, long-time personality in this area. Great dude. Could be a nicer guy. Frank, oh, he, no. Thank you, Frank. Frank's a tennis pro. I don't just mean like that guy's good at tennis. No, like he like instructs people on how to play tennis better. He is a nasty tennis player. Again, I was doing it for exercise or whatever, but I, I was okay. You kind of hang with most people. I would hit like a I played against Frank one time. I play I I would hit a dynamite shot. Frank's on the way to that shot that I hit going, great shot, man. Think about that. Think about how effortless that is for somebody to compliment your shot as they're on the way to your shot to return that shot and hit it even better than you hit it. You follow me? So Frank's giving me pointers in between going, you know, as he's returning, making the tennis exhale sound. He's giving me, he's like, oh, good feet. Ah, no, slide, slide, you know, catch that deeper in your stance. Try to hit backspin on that. Winners. Just pwning me. It's going to be like that. So I don't know how much is open to the public or, or otherwise, but just know that at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, I'm going to walk into down-the-line Sports Center in Fairfax, their grand opening, and I'm going to play against some professionals. I might come in with welts on my body. They might tag me, Rhino. You know what I'm talking about? A little bit of net play, a little bit of net action, where I'm self-defense. I try to get the paddle out in front. They're going to catch me. They're going to give me some hickeys with some of those uh, balls up high aiming for my shoulders. I'm going to get destroyed, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm so excited. I'm really appreciative of, uh, of DTL Sports Center for letting me uh, kind of come do this. I, in no uncertain terms, this is the kind of thing where Grant would make so much fun of me, but he's not here. I begged my way into this. I have no place there. 
They have an exhibition tonight with these pros. They're going to be around tomorrow, too. And I was like, hey, local person here on the radio. I love pickleball. What about me being included? And they're being so friendly and so nice to let me swing by. They're sort of making up this little thing just so that I can get embarrassed in the hopes that it, it, it garners a little bit of interest. And there's going to be no return on investment for them at all. She's going to regret including me. Yep. Very limited. Pretty much, Ron. Respectfully, I don't miss you at all, dude. Can, can I be honest about that? Don't even bring that up, okay? okay? Do not start something that's not there. Well, you weren't there at the Senior Bowl. Do not even mention that. I'm saying you didn't go. You wanted a vacation. That's cool if you're the head coach, but you were, you were the, the president too or whatever the hell you were. Yep. Yeah. Very limited. Damn right. That was my point, dude. If Jay Gruden wants to t- wanted to take a week off to go hit golf balls because he, he was on the grind, I get that. Ah, but you're the team president. You're the boss too. There's no days off for you. Well, you guys really want to go there, don't well, you? You know what? Now that you, yes. Okay? Yes. Here's the point. Josh Harris smartly said, I believe it's uh, two distinct jobs. Yeah. You didn't do either one well, guy. And you want days off? Whatever we decide to do this week, we're going to decide to do. Yeah, good decision making. That stuff was great. Very limited. Yeah, extremely limited, buddy. Extremely. It got me fired up, Darius. I pushed the damn buttons. Darius is cackling like like the cat that uh, ate the canary, by the way. Guys, 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 guys. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm calmed again. Uh, but anyway, looking forward to that tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. I'll have some stories for you, hopefully. And hopefully I'll still be able to walk by the time I get in here. Uh, coming up in about six minutes. No, check that. Five minutes. Your chance to win. Three sheets to the wind. Uh, Yacht Rock Explosion. We'll give those away. Give two pair away at 4 o'clock. Plus Beltway Blitz time. Uh, don't go anywhere on the fan. We can be eliminated. Here's how we're going to do it. Right now, this minute, caller 9 and caller 10. That's right, two pairs. You will win three sheets to the wind at Capital One Hall. Congratulations, you'll have won two tickets to see three sheets to the wind, America's number one tribute to Yacht Rock. Friday, March 1st at Capital One Hall, three sheets to the wind plays authentic tribute to AM Gold, Yacht Rock classics from the 70s and 80s, undoubtedly the smoothest music ever created by mankind. Callers 9 and 10 at 800-636-1067. You'll win those bad boys. There you go, right? That's that simple. We want to give away things here on the Grant and Danny radio program. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondori and Morad, the official Grant and Danny show sponsor, who can help protect your assets by updating your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of your Fairfax-based attorneys by visiting kmlawyers.com. Mention G&D and score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. You know how we do this thing every day, guys? Four o'clock, it's Beltway Blitz, unless the president of the team calls. We didn't do the Beltway Blitz yesterday. Some people ask me, and this is true, uh, not many people. My wife actually asked me, she's like, why did you guys do the Beltway Blitz? I said, well, Jason Wright called us yesterday. Respectfully to all the folks in the Beltway Blitz. That's why we didn't do the Beltway Blitz yesterday. But this is a normal day. Jason Wright is not calling today. So we're going to spin you around the Beltway, tell you what's going on with the three teams in town that you care a lot about. We're going to start on the hardwood. Our guy Dave Johnson joins us. Wizards at L.A., 10.30 Eastern time, start against the Lakers. Dave, previous one tonight for us. I should probably put him on the phone. 
That's my fault. Dave, start again. I, di- I didn't actually push the button that says Dave's on air. It's my first time. <laughs> you know, I, I'm 40 years in this business. I'm still doing that. So it's Man. the trickiest part. Hit to hit on as uh, everyone can appreciate There's that. There's a big Listen. green button right there, and I was just looking at it. All right. Sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Uh, preview tonight's matchup against the Lakers for me. And, and by the way, we're sharing with our listeners why neither one of us are air traffic controllers or pilots. And, 100%. and they can be certainly thankful for that. Look, they take on a Lakers team that played last night in the Battle of L.A. against the Clippers, and that's really become an intense rivalry. LeBron James just took over in the fourth quarter. And, again, there's times you feel like LeBron can, and after 21 years in the league, he still can just totally take over a game, and he did last night. So it favors the Wizards that, yeah, the Lakers played last night, but that that's only a small favor. The Lakers – uh, are playing again at a very high level. It's a Wizards team that, that we're continuing with, you know, this discovery process I talked about. Bilal Koulibaly now, uh, probably since the last time we talked, is in the starting lineup. And, you know, that doesn't mean you necessarily look for, you know, crazy numbers from him, but it just, it's it's now he's getting a, a, a different look both defensively and offensively, and that's going to help his progress. And uh, look, they still believe in Jordan Poole. And, you know, everyone, every player is capable of, of having a, a, a bad year, and he is, and he's struggling. But it's not because he's not enjoying Washington. He'd be enjoying it more uh, if he was producing. But he is noted as the first to practice, the last to leave. The teammates like him. It, it just has really been a, a struggle. And so we've seen him coming off the bench that, that maybe getting him on the ball more will help unlock the potential we know is there. And it certainly happened the other night when he had 31 points. You know, it didn't, it wasn't the same story against Golden State Warriors, but, you know, that's that's the most significant change right now for the Wizards. And it looks like Denny Avdi is coming back here, Dave. Is that is that correct? Yeah, and that's, and that's key because, look, right before the All-Star break, he has season-high 43 points. And um, this this is what we're talking about, the sprint to the end of the season. Denny Avdi is having a career year. Denny Avdi who uh, uh, ESPN draft analyst on the night he was drafted said, you know, down the road we're going to look at this maybe as the, the steal of the draft is he was taken higher than many thought uh, he was going to go in, in that draft. And he can defend four positions, but now, again, 43 points, I don't, you know, against the Pelicans, or it doesn't matter. You score 43 points in, in the NBA, you know, that's, that's, not, a, that's not a fluke. So uh, it, it, this is about as, as we are about to turn the page in basically the final month or so of the season. You know, Denny Abdi, Corey Kispert is it, showing it, that, you know, he's having a career year. And, you know, his repertoire scoring is increased in so many ways. So, um, you know, Tyus Jones, uh, 17 assists the, the other day. Uh, I, again, if you look at, if you want to say the big four storylines that have been consistent – it's been Kuzma, it's been Jones, it's been Abdia, it's been Kispert, and this this heartens you for the future. And I'm not even mentioning again Bilal Kulabali, uh because that's that's a given. That's a, he's a 19 year old that I think already we're, we're dreaming about the potentials. He's showing it at times, but you know when that 19 year old body uh, gets bigger and stronger. Uh, you're going to see what we've already witnessed on many occasions on a more consistent basis. Dave, we've talked about him a couple times, but I've always been from afar intrigued by Marvin Bagley. He's he's a little bit more active than I remember, like a little more spring, that second jump on some rebounds. I've been pretty impressed and defensively moving around a little bit. Again, I'm not saying that they've unearthed, you know, a a future all-star here, but 
certainly looks like a nice piece. Well, yeah, and by the way, that's a, that's another one I should point out, but I left him out of the, the top four, if you will, just because he, he joined us midseason. But, I, I, again, I know it sounds like a cliche or, or I'm spinning things or not, but it, it, you can put examples all over. In, in sports and certainly in NBA basketball, it is about fit and opportunity. And if you look at, at Marvin Bagley's career, uh, it didn't fit in Sacramento. Then he goes to Detroit, and then they get, you know, they drafted Jalen Duran. They get James Wiseman. They get Isaiah Stewart. Suddenly there's a, a log jam at the center position. He gets kind of lost. He comes here, and he has an opportunity, and you're seeing, okay, that's, that's the player that went number two uh, in, the, in the 2018 uh, draft. Uh, you know, as I say on the, on the air, a, a play doesn't seem to be over until he says it's over in, in his, his energy and second-chance points. And, you know, people can go look it up in terms of the number of double-doubles he's had now. And, again, right out of the gate, the first two games that he started for the Wizards were 20 and 10 games. So, you know, and, and again, with, with how the Wizards are, are building and how they're looking to the future, uh, as they made that trade, this is a situation where you basically had a year-and-a-half audition uh, for, for Marvin Bagley. So they're not taking on, you know, big contracts because you want to maintain the flexibility, but a year-and-a-half gives you a, a good window to say, you know what, he might be something going forward. And, you know, that's, again, the answer to the question why, you know, Tyus Jones was there was lots of teams that wanted to trade for him, but they didn't want to take on uh, a contract that's going to hamstring him, the, uh, the uh, hamstring the Wizards. So, you know, this this gives you confidence or gives me confidence that it's clear that Michael Winger, Will Dawkins, they have a plan and they are not going to deviate uh, from that plan. And in the process, yeah, let's see what a Marvin Bagley can do. And let's uh, you know, let's let's see with what do, do we are we starting to see what this team might look like in three years. Dave, thank you as always, buddy. Have a great night. Uh, appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. There he goes. I need to put him on hold. And let's talk some baseball, please. Our guy Andrew Golden covers the Washington Nationals. That's why he's going to talk about the Washington Nationals here on the Beltway Blitz. Andrew, even though you're like much younger than me and like are 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 like thin and have like a great life ahead of you. You're still an adult more so than I am, okay? I, yeah. I'm i sitting here squealing like a child at Christmas about James Wood. I, I'm just going to say the name James Wood, and I want you to start talking. Ready? James Wood, go. Uh, he hit another homer today. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that that's what's new. Uh, yeah, he looks really good in camp. I wrote a story about, I wrote a story about him before um, I left. It came out early during spring. He put on 25 pounds. So he's now 240 pounds. Um, he's a lot stronger. Um, he's worked on his plate discipline and really – trying to see the ball to the zone, hit the ball the opposite way with what you saw today. I mean, the dude is just, I mean, I mean, the dude's gotten out to a hot start. Um, he, he, he's just been unbelievable. So Andrew, the bombs are actually so wondrous and awesome. And I'm not diminishing them. I it, like he hits the ball and it, it goes and it stays hit. And I love it so much. Here's why I'm even more excited. If I may yesterday, mm-hmm. he like not a great swing or, or a bit of contact, like a room service, three hopper to the left side. And the third baseman fields the ball, looks up, and has an oh bleep moment because James Wood is about to touch first base. This giant man that should move like like I do after exercise is hauling <laughs> ass down to first base, and he beats it out. And they may have called yeah, it I mean, air. They may have called it hit. I don't know. But, oh, my God. Again, these aren't good questions, but, oh, my God. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, he. I think this is the most impressive thing. I think what impresses me the most personally from watching him isn't even just what he does with the the running, being the home runs or beating the balls out. For me, it's the play discipline on the chase mm-hmm. on the breaking pitches. That was obviously a big concern with you know a concern with the strikeout, which obviously is going to be an adjustment you get to double A. Um, and he has looked really good at recognizing spin. So he's not he's not missing or swinging on those balls in the dirt that you kind of saw him saw him getting getting messed up with last year. He's very disciplined in every facet of his game. He's just very he's a lot more polished than he was a year last time we saw him. So yeah, I mean like it's it's, it's unbelievable seeing the way he gets down the line, hitting the homers. But I've been most impressed by his play discipline as well. So ten more about James Wood. No, I'm kidding. Uh, pitching wise, <laughs> Andrew, who has stood out thus far? It's obviously sorely still in spring training, but give me a couple guys that have turned heads. Yeah, I, I, I think Kenzie Gore is the main one, right? He always has the he's always had the stuff. That was never the question. It's, the, it's just a matter of consistency. So he's looked good in the early, early portion of spring. Um, from what I saw, I came home on Tuesday. So I know Jackson Rutledge didn't have the best outing yesterday, but his first outing um, was 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 a, was a really good start Sharp, for yeah. him. I think. Um, I, I I thought he was in the zone um, and was attacked with attacking middle of the plate. He made some adjustments this off season. So I think Rutledge is a guy who I, I want to continue to watch and see. Um, and then a couple others, Mitchell Parker and Cole Henry, are some guys who are Rule Five ads this past year. Um, I think they both performed well too. So those are some guys who are standing out to me right now. Victor Robles. I mean, I, I'm now to the point, Andrew, and again, I'm, I'm just an impatient guy that shakes his fist at the ocean. Like there's there's no rush <laughs> on this thing, but I'm so over Victor Robles. But again, I, I saw the game we got to watch yesterday because it was on television, which I know is rarefied air around these parts. But a nice RBI base hit to center field, and he was off to a good start. Changes approach a little bit, a little bit less emphasis on power and a little bit more bat to ball before the injury. I mean, I'm kind of over Robles because the same things that were plaguing him as a teenager still are. But the chances that he has a bit of a renaissance this year. Yeah, I, I think he's a good chance. I think he's going to start. I think he's going to start the year in center. I mean, like I, I think you have to give him a chance to see what he can do one more time. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think at this point, I think that people just need to shift their expectations a little bit. I don't think you're going to get the guy that you thought you were going to get in 2019. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, that's okay. And, 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 and if, if he, if James Wood and, and Dylan Cruz um, tear it up in the beginning of the season and they get called up, then, like, and Victor Robles is, is a really, really good fourth outfielder, right? Like, he's a, really, he's a guy you can bring in for defensive replace to steal bases. Like, I think, I think national fans should be okay with that if he's not. Like, I think we at this point we know he's not the guy, but he could still be a really good backup or replacement player. So I, I still think he, I think I think this would be a good year for him. Sorry, I should probably turn my mic on. I'm hopeful that this is kind of the time. Uh, among the other guys that aren't James Wood prospect-wise, Brady House hit a ball that would have cleared – like a fence 50 yards away from the actual fence. Uh, C.J. Yeah. Abrams has looked good. I saw Dylan Cruz steal a bag. The kids look like they belong. What's the timetable on some of these guys? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great question. Um, I, I, I think it all depends. Obviously, obviously, there's performance incentives to call guys up on the opening day roster. Um, you can get a first-round pick if they finish in a certain, you know, certain part of the, the MVP voting or the rookie of the year voting. So I think there's that incentive. And I also think at the same time, there's also obviously the service manipulation as well. So I think I think all those things kind of factor in. I can't put a timetable on when they'll get there, but I think Dylan Cruz and James both have a chance to, to debut this year. Um, and I also think Robert Hassel's in the mix. That's a guy who's probably he's probably good been, too. Yeah, he's, he's he's probably been the most the surprising guy at camp. Um, and, and he looks like he's back to his old self. I have a story coming out tomorrow on him when I talk when I talk to him. I'm not trying to self promote, but I do have a story coming out tomorrow about at you. how he's kind of worked here to, 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 to change some things. I know, I know, I'm sliding in, sliding in. That's <laughs> how you do it, Andrew. That's how you debate. I love it. Appreciate you, dude. Have a, enjoy it. Thanks, appreciate it. See you, buddy. Talk soon. Hit that. Oh, I should wait a minute. I'm gonna do the thing. I'm gonna hit hold. There we go. Uh, hit the sound for the local 53, please. Our guy Nick Ackridge, PFF, joins us to talk about the local 53. So let's say Nick. They're on the board at number two. 
and Caleb Williams didn't go number one. Walk me through the scenario. What happens? You are sprinting to the podium as fast as you possibly can and picking Caleb Williams. At least that's what I would do. You don't, would you see them, but wouldn't that lead to a billion phone calls? Like, wouldn't it lead to sure. like the greatest trade off in the history of man? I guess what I'm getting at, Nick, is how sexy would that trade offer have to be for you to consider moving off of it if you were in charge? I, the, the greatest trade offer of all time for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're in a position right now, even at two, you're in a position right now that, you know, you've been trying to get to forever. You need this franchise quarterback, and we've been looking for one for 30 years now. You're in this position at number two. You have, I think, three options that you can work with and turn them all into franchise quarterbacks. I think if you pass on an opportunity like this, you regret it in in years in the future, and then you're just back in the same spot, hoping that you're in, you know, one or picking one or two, and you're, again, looking for quarterbacks. I think you have to take this opportunity um, and just go with, you know, the quarterback that you think gives you the best chance to turn himself into a franchise quarterback. Nick, I think we'd all argue they've got a number of needs, right? And and I think reasonable minds can differ on to what priority those are, but there are needs everywhere, okay? We know that. What are the spots that they should be filling in free agency, a.k.a. where you can get great value? Like last year, for the sake of argument, my listeners are probably sick of me saying this, you could have spent punter money and upgraded the tight end spot, and they chose not to do that because they were happy with their internal candidates. They were, of course, wrong. There's a couple spots where you probably would improve dramatically without breaking the bank. You don't want to go big game hunting at premium positions. Maybe those are the draft ones. Kind of walk me through, in your opinion, where they should be spending in free agency, even though we know they're not going to spend big. Where should they do free agency dollars, and where should they be doing draft picks? You know, like you said, there are holes everywhere, and I think you need to – I think teams that kind of try to patch things together in free agency, patch their holes in free agency, it tends to kind of falter on them. So um, I think you need to kind of go heavy in the draft on offensive line, heavy in the draft, um, you know, and, and really invest a high pick into a tight end. Um, you know, I don't know what that's going to look like, hope maybe in the second, third round. Um, but for free agency, I think you just kind of look for guys that – you know, can be depth pieces and can fill in and, you know, beat spot starters. Because like you said, there's a lot of holes and this team is not one year away from, you know, making it to the Super Bowl. A franchise quarterback can change that and, you know, elevate your, your path to that sort of goal quickly. Um, but again, you're not one year away. So I think you kind of just, you know, invest in some of these, uh, you know, depth positions at, at positions of need. You know, maybe you go tight end, maybe you go offensive line again. Linebacker is a position as well. Um, getting more depth at D tackle, more depth at edge, more depth at corner, more depth at safety. Um, so, like you said, th- there's a lot of spots that they can really look at, um, and I think that's just kind of the big thing. Maybe not go big game hunting, like mm-hmm. you said, but just kind of invest in you know some of the more reliable players. Nick, you're smarter than me, which is a dubious honor, but it's still true. Um, what do you think of my philosophy? I've been kind of kicking this one around behind the scenes, and I'm ready to test it out on you. And if you don't like it, I'll pretend I never said it. Okay, so here it goes. My view of free agency, I would try for the most part, unless I was a piece away, like think like the Bills going against Stephon Diggs. I know that was a trade, but or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like think about, forget about the one team grabbing the one guy to put him over the top. But in general, if I'm a team that's trying to build, I would probably use free agency for mostly non-premium positions, right? So I would spend a little bit more on a linebacker, spend a little bit more on you know a guard or whatever, and then my high-dollar, high-price guys typically would come through the draft. That would be my general axiom of how I'm building a team. Of course, exceptions can be made, but that's kind of my thinking is if I don't have to spend a lot, I'll spend maybe a little bit more on, you know, the non-premium position. Give me your thought. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, it's a very fair strategy. And 
it all depends on, you know, again, hitting on that quarterback. Because if you can hit on a quarterback and you work with that rookie deal, then, you know, you're able to kind of spend more on um, some of those guys. Like you said, spend a little bit more on a linebacker, spend a little bit more on a on a tight end or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, a, you know, a terrible idea. Uh, I think, you know, we've seen in the past, you know, spending big on these big name free agents doesn't really turn out too well. And um, there's obviously a clear need for, for an edge rusher now. Uh, going into next season and there's a lot of guys out there that you could spend big money on I don't know how well that's going to you know really instantly turn around a team um, but you know you're able to do that sort of thing if you hit on this quarterback and uh, I mean I, I just kind of you know really look at the Texans and what they're doing I mean a lot of people didn't think they were a year away last mm-hmm. year and then you hit hit on CJ Stroud and you're in the playoffs you're competing and then now you go all in now this is when you kind of spend all your money and and build around him while you have him on that rookie contract and I think that's what Washington should you know kind of look towards and that should really be the goal let me just finish typing this quote danny ruye is a tremendous genius (laughs) that's courtesy of nick ackridge nick thank you buddy appreciate it yeah appreciate it you have a good one you too buddy thank you very much there he goes and that's how we blitz that's how you do it you heard about three different teams we got you some information right kind of the latest goings on uh you heard nick and i bantering about the quarterback spot dan quinn on the sports junkies radio program of note they're they're new but they might catch on you may have heard some of their stylings. It's four guys. They talk about sports and lifestyle stuff. They have a chance, I think. Uh, but Dan Quinn was on with the Sports Junkies yesterday early morning. And they did a really cool thing where they did a little word association with a bunch of players, a bunch of quarterbacks. I'm going to play a little word association with Christian Darrisaw, a.k.a. Darris, with Glenn Powell Clary, a.k.a. Ryan Clary, and you guys as well about some of the quarterbacks. We'll go through them, do some word association. I'm going to involve you guys as well. We'll do we'll do some word association games. It'll be a gas. That's next on The Fan. Talking strategy, just having a coaches meeting. Right here for the purple games, uh, purple teams playoff game tonight. It's so hard, guys, because we don't know the electric blue team, and I still need to hear electric blue by uh, Outcast at some point today, Darius. Please, no worries on when. That's who we're playing. Purple team has electric blue tonight. Our game against them got canceled during the year. No scouting report. We're flying blind, trying to figure out rotations. Coaching staff is stressed about this playoff game. I'll tell you that right now. It's a big one for the local hoops league. Welcome back to the show. It's G and D. Here on The Fan. Yesterday, and we have that audio, Darius, that you could throw uh, in, in a few minutes here. The um, When Dan Quinn was on with the Sports Junkies. Wow, that it was great. It was great radio as always. Again, the Sports Junkies program, I've been, I've been catching it lately. They got a shot, those guys. Interesting, interesting group of gentlemen. Their own eclectic personalities. But it's a good, good listen. Now, if you haven't, they were on, they had uh, Dan Quinn, head coach of your Washington football uh, outfit there. And uh, they did some word association. JP led the charge. This is how it sounded. Coach Quinn, first let me say we really appreciate all the time you're giving us. <laughs> Thank I wanted you. to see if you're willing to do a quick word association with us, okay? So just first things that pop into your head when I give it. You don't have to go long on them. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Explosive. Jonathan Allen. Dominant. Sam Howell. Tough. Drake May. Athletic. Caleb Williams. Game changer. And so everybody was all in a tizzy. 
because he's trying to find words, and he said game changer. Grant was all hurt. I think that's why, why Grant's sick, actually. I don't know if Grant's throwing up or if he was just depressed that Jaden Daniels got a better compliment than Drake May did in the Dan Quinn Word Association game. Well, we're going to do that. And then I want you guys to do that at 800-636-1067, okay? We're going to have A.J. Perez, uh, front office sports, come on at 5 post-meridian to talk about this uh, house vote that allows D.C. to control the land and RFK itself and what that means, kind of next steps for the stadium. It's a huge deal, potentially opening the door for the uh, local 53 to come back into the city limits. We'll get him on to talk about that at 5. But until then, I want to do some word association with you guys. Ryan, Darris, and I are going to do it for a bunch of quarterbacks. For you guys, I'm going to ask you to do that group of three, that top three, that Daniels, May, Williams group. You'll do some word association there. But we're going to start at the top of the board. Gentlemen, do you have your words ready? Do you have your words ready? I am ready with the words. Let's do it. Ryan Clare, word association. Caleb Williams. Elite. Darius. Superstar potential. Uh, is that... That's that, two is that words. A combo word. A hyphen, it can't be hyphenated. It's two. Let's make it hyphenated for the mm-hmm. for the ep, ep, you know for the sure, purposes yeah, of this. Yeah, we'll do, yeah we'll do and that. I'll allow it. Uh, my Keller Williams Word Association is electric. Electric. There are things that I don't know. There are things that I wonder. I think he was in shotgun uh, every snap, always. Slightly hyperbolic. Actually, can I change my word? I'll allow it. Polarizing. Oh, hello there. There we go. We clarify that. Uh. He just he seems to have that personality that seems like it's always going to garner some sort of national media attention, as it has throughout his college career. Mm-hmm. I don't see why that's going to change in the NFL. I smell what you're cooking yeah. there. To me, the highlights are so highlighting. The highlights are so high. Those moments that you've all seen where you go, one other guy does that. He played at Texas Tech. Sounds a little bit like Kermit the Frog. You know I'm talking about dog for real. I just won another championship. Every time I play, we go to the FC title game. That's real talk. Who's your tight end? Trav. Uh, you know who my coach is? Knock, knock. Who's there? It's Coach Reed. He wants to go get a burger. Like, that's the company. That's what it looks like. I am not saying that Caleb Williams is the same. They make one of those guys. They make one. There's one, Pat Mahomes. All right? The point is... That's what the highlights look like. The highlights look Mahomesian. They look like a guy that could have been drafted as a Major League Baseball player. That could have been an all-state, all-world infielder shortstop. The platforms, the various arm angles, the different athletic control things, how strong his core is, how tough he is. The athleticism is underrated, probably, if anything, because he makes all these ridiculous throws, but can scramble, can extend plays. There's so much like about Caleb Williams. All right. Right now, word association, Drake May. Ridiculous. Oh, hello there. The reason why I say that, I'm, I'm not a film expert or anything, but I do listen to a couple guys who know a thing or two about football. Mm-hmm. Some of the throws that he has made is just insane, and I think people are kind of sleeping on that, but once this guy, once you kind of see the pro day come out, once you see the different film and all these different pundits put out film about him, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of things that you'll like. Darius, Drake May. Drake May, I'm going to say prototypical. Damn it, that was mine. Ah. Oh. Sorry. Don't, it's fine. I went to you first. Um, yeah. Uh, prototypical. He, he's he got all the measurables. He has the look of what you want out of a potential franchise quarterback. That that Justin Herbertish kind of style. 
big, tall, bulking guy that's going to throw the ball really far. Similar vein, because I was going to say the word prototype. I'll say, hyphenated word, central casting. In other words, when you think of you close your eyes and think of a quarterback. What are you imagining? Now, what's been so cool over the last several years is you've seen a bunch of different kinds of guys. The little shorter guys like Baker Mayfield have some success. He said at one point owned the rookie touchdown passing record. We forgot about that with Hugh Jackson, for goodness sakes. You've seen Lamar Jackson, who is thin as a rail and doesn't have that, that prototypical throwing motion. It's a little bit, I wouldn't say it's a shot put, but it's like that lower angle. But nobody can touch him. He's fast as all hell, is, makes plays when there aren't any there, and he's won the MVP twice. And you got, again, central casting style, Justin Herbert. You got a big back truck in Josh uh, Allen, who's the best goal line back in the NFL. You got Jalen Hurts, who's probably you know six foot, maybe a little bit less, who squats a million pounds, who leads the world in rushing touchdowns. There's different ways to skin a cat now, more so than there ever was. It used to be like when I was a kid, like John Elway was the outlier because he could run around a little bit. And did you know he was drafted as the pitcher also? He went to Stanford. But everybody was. What do you do from the pocket? You stand that tall and you sling the rock around. That's what you do. You find the open man. If there's nothing there, you throw it away. Gone. Over. Everybody's athletic now. There are, wait, Show me the Drew Bledsoe. Right? I mean, the guys that are left over doing that, it's, it's Cousins, it's Derek Carr. And even those guys aren't like, you know, uh, tree sloths. They move around a little bit. Dak doesn't move around like he used to. At one point, he used to kill people with his legs. Now it's like just enough to kind of buy himself a little bit of time. He can throw off platform, but the days of kind of that that stock chiseled six foot five guy patting the football one time and slinging it down the field that's over with. They the body looks like Drake May's body. That's your prototypical quarterback. So that's kind of where I'm going with that. Uh, Ryan, Jaden Daniels, risky. Oh, the reason why I say risky is that. I'm just not 100% bought in on Jaden Daniels kind of making this leap into the NFL level at this point. Darius. Mm. This one's tough. Uh, does the word enigma I'll apply lie. here? Yeah, it could. Lie. It could if you think it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah, because I think while it's not a mystery that he's been good, obviously he just came off a Heisman winning season and the season before was pretty good before uh, – uh, when he came back, for, excuse me. When he came to LSU from Arizona State, Arizona State, yeah. But um, but but there's there's just so many other questions. There's the the question of, hey, can he? You know, he's only done it this one year. Can he do it again? There's the questions of his body type and his body size and his weight and can he hold up? Will he take this kind of punishment once he gets to the league? I I think it's a I think it is a mystery what you can get from him, but could be a lot of good that comes with it. My word association, Jaden Daniels, upside. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The throwing and the running. The throwing and the running. Now, I have some fear. He's slender. That's, that's, not, a, that's not a stout, hearty gentleman right there. He's not thick. Right? He is, he is a thin, tall, thin dude. That's what I'm worried about. There are also some other ancillary factors, whether it's you know, the sack rate, um, you know, how much of that is playmaking, and he was on his way to rushing for 1,000 yards, so he might get hit a couple times on some of those scrambles. He's trying to make a play. How much of that is something that he can't do at the next level? How much of that is he's that much more athletic than everybody? So the old adage of, you can't run around in the NFL, Justin Fields, 1,000 yards, Lamar Jackson, 1,000 yards, multiple-time MVP. I'm not saying he want to be like Fields, but I think he's a better thrower. 
uh, than Fields. But the upside is just so enticing. Uh, we'll run through the next group of guys, but I want to hear from you guys as well. 800-636-1067. I'll ask Ryan about McCarthy, Knicks, and Penix, and uh, Darius will weigh in as well. I'll give you guys our word association. We'll hear from you guys for the top three. Give me your word association for the law firm of Daniels, May, and Williams. 800-636-1067. That was Washington head coach Dan Quinn on with the sports junkies this uh, yesterday morning right here on 106.7 The Fan. I suggest you listen to them. Appreciate you guys listening to us, too. It's Gene D here on The Fan. No GP today. He's at home with the pukes. I am hanging out with you guys until 6.30. A Darius Dameron, Ryan Glenn, Pal Clary production. Uh, real quick anecdote before we bring on A.J. Perez, by the way, at 5 o'clock, boys. It's something that happens genetically to us dudes. You turn into a dad. You love dad jokes, and you obsess over them, and you want them. Your kids hate them, and that's part of the joy. If you have some free time, send them to me. At Funny Danny on the old Twitterverse, on Elon's app, all right? I got my five-year-old with an amazing dad joke this morning. I'd like to tell it to you guys right now. I said to him, and I quote, What has five toes but is not your foot? My foot. And I lost it laughing. I squealed with laughter for the entirety of our morning routine. Sending, getting him ready for school, getting breakfast, getting him, getting his clothes on, getting his teeth brushed. Now, how much did he hate you for that? He hated it so much. <laughs> he goes, Dad, stop laughing. And that made me laugh more. And then he said, I'm serious. And got like really did like the stomp upset thing where he like wouldn't talk to me. And then closed fist swinging at me. On the walk to school, I couldn't help it. I couldn't stop laughing. What has five toes? But is that your foot? My foot. Oh, come on. That's an ace. That's a Pete Sampras in his prime, 148 miles an hour, little bit of topspin, ace. So tweet me your dad. Thank you very much. Tweet me your dad jokes at Funny Danny. I'm going to keep them, and I'm, I'm going to keep rolling them out because they're the best. Uh, super quick, boys. Word association. I'm going to get to you guys who are on hold, but we're going to go through the quarterbacks. Uh, we've already done the first three up on top of the board. I'll do, we'll do McCarthy, Knicks, and Penix and get to the phone calls. Uh, Darius, we'll start with you. J.J. McCarthy, word association. J.J. McCarthy, I'm going to say inadequate. Ryan, boring. J.J. McCarthy for me? No. Bo Nix, Darius. Bo Nix, I'm going to go with meh. Ryan. Sneaky. Sneaky. Elaborate, please. Double click. I think Bo Nix is a potential elite prospect. He can run. He can throw. He can do a lot of different things that people will be intrigued by at the NFL level. Michael Penix Jr. Tua. Oh, okay. (laughs) Ryan. Unfortunately injured. Mine is winner. And I think that's going to make it sound like I, I want him at number three or two or whatever. All that dude has done is overcome stuff. So many injuries. I am pulling for that guy. I like Michael Penix Jr. a lot. I think that dude, even if he never plays it down in the NFL, is going to win at something. Like he's going to run the, 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 the Penix quarterback school or the Fortune 500 company 
or something. I've been wildly impressed with that guy who has done nothing but overcome stuff to lead a decently okay Washington team into the natty picture. That's how I feel about him. I love that kid. Totally understand the reservations and flaws. But for you guys at 800-636-1067, I'm looking for your one-word association with Daniels, May, and Williams. Let's go to Brian in Severn. Word association for Williams, May, and Daniels. What do you got? Uh, for <clears throat> excuse me, for May, I've got Hasselbeck. Because I think people are trying to just draft him due to his 6'4", 230. Mm-hmm. Uh, May, uh, Williams is immature. Uh, I think there's a long history of that. And uh, the third guy, Daniels, is exciting but frail, so I like to call him RG3. Oof. That's not a glowing review, by the way, the top three at the board. <laughs> immature, lesser Hasselback. Maybe you meant the, the older. The other Hasselback was good. The good Hasselback was pretty good. The numbers don't look great now because the time has changed. But so Tim, which one was the bad one? Tim was here with the zero quarterback rating, and Matt was the good one in Seattle. And said we're going to win. The, we're going to the ball. We're going to win. And then they threw the pick six. But he was pretty good. Uh, Jimmy, in Columbia, word association. Guys at the top three, Williams, May, and Daniels. Hey, um, Williams, Variety. Uh, you might get some good. You might get some questionable. We'll see. Uh, May, misleading. <clears throat> uh, if we talk about height and weight only, to me that's not enough, then we should just have Trent Williams at quarterback. <laughs> and Jaden Daniels, flashy. Interesting. All right. So misleading for May. I want to, I would, I'd like to double click on that with you guys for a second. Because you know my gripes, and these are, these are by the way, these are small gripes. If Jaden Daniels didn't exist, I'd say you draft Drake May second and never think twice about it. I can't get over the games that I saw where he didn't throw the ball very well. Clemson, NC State, and there was another game, I think it was against Miami. The completion percentage wasn't particularly good, but he had like four touchdowns and a few different big plays. But, you know, again, the same way we talked about Sam Howell, a couple years ago, and I know that's an unavoidable comparison because they both went to UNC. When there wasn't much doing, I saw Hal playmake with his feet a lot. He was running a lot, and maybe that's the the advocacy for May. But I can't get over. He didn't look real good throwing the ball against two good teams at the end of the season. I kind of can't get past that. The attributes are outstanding. There's no argument there, right? Nobody's arguing against the size, the athleticism, the ability to kind of throw when it's less than ideal the howitzer that he has. It's not just when you could step into the ball and throw it 71 yards. It's you're sliding to the right, but you got to throw it, you know, kind of that deep medium out to the opposite uh, hash mark. Can you push the ball in there like Herbert can, like some of the guys with, with, with the hose can? I think he's one of those dudes. Let's go to Mike in Arlington. Word association with the guys at the top, Williams, May, and Daniels. Uh, for Daniels, I'm going to say electrifying. And for May, I'm going to say project. I think he's, got a lot of work to do. I don't think he's as proven as, as people are trying to sell him to be. And for Williams, plain and simple, Manziel. I think he's yeah. coming into this league with a huge head, and this is Manziel 2.0. He's not coming into this league as a hungry rookie. He's coming in as someone who's made $10 million over the last two years at USC uh, with a sports dad right behind him that is going to eat any club up he goes to and is going to be a thorn in their side, and it's going to be Manziel all over again. Wow, Mike, appreciate that. I hope that's wrong, but I do think that pulse is out there, by the way. I, I don't necessarily subscribe to it. I, I sort of haven't focused in on him because I just felt like this was 
all, he was off the board for us because he was going to be number one. But some people out there are viewing it that way. I, I don't necessarily think it's it's that bad. You could see some of these signs with Manziel that I don't think you're seeing with with Caleb Williams. But that's certainly a frightening comp. I just want to offer real quick. Uh, we're watching the combine here in in the uh, Stusu studio. A defensive lineman just ran a four six four forty yard dash, and he's kind of one of the middle of the pack defensive linemen. Thank you. You have no idea what that's from, Ryan. None. None. And I'm going to keep it that way. Times have changed, everybody. That defensive lineman, who I think was probably an interior guy, maybe you know, maybe maybe a, uh, an end or something like that. I don't even know who it was. Probably the middle of the pack, Marty. Ran a four six. Four 40-yard dash. The level of athleticism is just astounding. It's staggering what these guys can do at this stage. That's all. Just a quick little interjection just to tell you where we are. That defensive lineman 25 years ago ran a 5-2 and nobody cared about it. Now, again, how many 40-yard dashes is this defensive lineman going to run? Probably not very many unless he gets some scoop and score at some point. It's about short area quickness and speed and strength and everything else. I understand that. But I'm just telling you, the speed that he has is a byproduct of all those other attributes glowing up, right? That level of athleticism is astounding. That's all. Just a quick reminder who we're dealing with. Tell you who we're going to deal with next. Terrible transition. Our buddy A.J. Perez, front office sports. He wrote about uh, the significant vote that took place on Capitol Hill to return control of the RFK site to the city of Washington, a hurdle that I frankly did not think we'd be able to get over, and we did what does it mean? We'll ask AJ next. It's Grant Nanny here on the Fan No GP for the rest of the day, really all day today. Poor guys at home with the puke flu. Just me, old Randy Duye, hanging out with you guys until 6.30. want you to kick off your future with the law firm of Condorian Moron, the official Grant and Danny Show sponsor who can help protect your assets by updating your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys by visiting kmlawyers.com. Just mention Gene D and score yourself. A discount. That's camlawyers.com. It's adult stuff, but you got to do it. They make it as painless as possible. Joining us now on the old BetQL guest hotline from Front Office Sports, our buddy AJ Perez. AJ, good afternoon, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Always a pleasure, my friend. So I, I started the show by saying how wrong I was. I was totally wrong about this. I thought this part was such a long shot it would never happen. This vote that took place yesterday on Capitol Hill, I was stunned by the results, AJ. Tell folks what happened, what went down, and kind of the significance of it. Yeah, this is the very first time that a bill on RFK for the RFK you know, land usage was, was taken in Congress. This is, it's, it's something that uh, Delegate Norton has been tried, tried for years, and uh, she got some allies this time, and uh, the bill was debated very, very briefly yesterday. Couple hours later, they took a vote and it was overwhelmingly passed. Pretty much the only opposition was from Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. All the representatives, uh, except for one who voted, who didn't vote, voted voted against it. It was uh, it was more Virginia was more favorable, um, and, but nationwide it was it was like yeah, it was it was a landslide. So what does it mean exactly? So I I I, I threw it. On, I responded to the to the story and said, hey, I never thought this would happen. This is a major hurdle. This is hugely significant, and I got the usual cadre of. I roll emojis or this doesn't matter or there's still plenty left to do. I understand that nothing is over just yet, but try to quantify this for us, AJ, if you would. What does this mean big picture? It means it's like for once, D.C. will have, a, if this does get passed by the Senate and signed, signed by President Biden, this, this, gives, uh, you know, this gives D.C. 
a, a chance at the commander. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a stadium. Everybody's pointing out there's could be commercial residential use. It's not, it'll, it'll be 30% of the land, no matter what's going to be open space park land, but it makes DC a player. And it, it's in, I, you know, this, the, the tough thing now is the Senate. Now they're, you know, uh, Delegate Norton, who is behind this bill, along with the James Comer, uh, one of the uh, top Republicans, uh, who kind of pushed this bill and got this bill passed, there is no, D.C. doesn't have a senator. You know, there's nobody speaking for D.C. at the Senate, and it probably won't be for anybody from Maryland, any of the two senators there. So it's going to be, they're, uh, um, everybody who's behind this bill on the House side is trying, there, there is no, there, there is no Senate bill, so that's going to be using this bill to try to get this passed and onto the president's desk. Um, that's uh, in, and all the all the while having to kind of dodge the filibuster, where 60 senators have to basically agree to get a bill, um, you know, a, a vote on a bill. But after there was more than 60 percent yesterday and voted in favor of it on the House side. So I think there's a there's a very very good chance that by the end of the year, and now this could take several months. That uh, you know this could land up on on Biden's desk, and then and then they DC is it officially a player for the next Commander Stadium? AJ Perez with us here on G and D. So I, I wonder then, you know, obviously we saw the the a lot of attention being paid to you know a lot of folks weren't anticipating here. AJ, it's impossible not to link the two now. I guess at least in my mind, Monumental Sports, Ted Leonsis and company ultimately moving out of DC into Virginia. That kind of sets the backdrop. One of those subplots there was the potential wooing of the football team to kind of come back into town and maybe Leonce is feeling slighted by that, et cetera. How do those kind of things relate now when it comes to maybe urgency by D.C. to kind of have their act together? Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, that's we are we are all trying to figure out, uh, you know, there's less than two weeks left in the, the, the session in Richmond to get this uh, to get this funding kind of worked out for um, for the new home in Alexandria for the for the uh, wizards and um, and capital, so we'll well there you know that's it's going to be the next couple we're going to know within a couple of weeks whether you know that gets that gets pushed forward and that does change things. You're right. I mean, there it changes changes things for DC because you know if they do get the dome stadium, that can offset if they do lose you know if they do lose the wizards and caps. You know, that does you know that's a kind of not a bad parting gift, I guess. But I think they're there, there's, there's, uh, there's a chance that you know DC could keep could, could, could keep both the teams and um, and also get the Commanders. Now we don't know the public financing part. That's the whole part of it. You know, there, there's the, the federal. There's nothing no federal funds. They put that in the right. bill, even though it's that's like, included. We all that, right? knew. Yeah. It's, and the federal government does not typically fund sports venues, so we didn't. You know, that was kind of like yeah, just toss that in there. Um, but there, but yeah, but it's going to be the if DC and if you know, the, the, the city council and everybody else, if they do get on board once and if they do get the uh, sway over the sway over this land for the next 99 years, you know, that's the next part of it. It's still, it's still going to be a long process. And, and uh, the ownership has kept, uh, well, the commander's ownership has kept their, kept their mouth shut so far as far as where they're looking outside of visiting all these, you know, top-notch NFL stadiums. So, AJ, and this is the hardest part, obviously, nobody really knows, but do your best here. What's the timetable? Because again, I I, th- I saw this as something that would be bogged down. It would never be politically convenient to do it because everybody's always trying to win points. We're always in an election cycle. You know, there's never a timeout from that, right? From 
again, I know it's the, the old man thing to say at the supermarket, like, well, the gridlock. But that's how it always kind of feels, right? Every four is the presidential, where every two, it's the house, and you can't afford to be seen, you know, chumming it up with the other guy, and it's always trying to win points. This, the fact that this happened, again, I, I think is so significant, and, and maybe it's because I'm cynical or otherwise, and you it can is. tell me I'm wrong, but once this domino fell, it now feels like an avalanche, or maybe I, I could use a better word, like a boulder rolling down the hill. There's a lot more momentum now. Yeah, this 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 current House, uh, the 118th Congress, has been the least productive. This is only the 41st bill that they passed. Um, and it's pretty amazing that it's kind of like a, it, it's something that if that – that helps DC, you know. <laughs> There's once the, the Republicans got into to, and they took over the House this session, they it, it became you know they were looking at you know law, you know the city's laws and self rule and all this other stuff. But now they want to you know to go the other way and give the city sway over what happens on that land for nearly 100 years. It is a huge deal, and it should not it should not face much opposition, if any, on the Senate. Side, and it should be signed, you know, by Governor Biden. Because just to get it through the House, the this the so divided as we are as a nation, I guess overall, it's pretty impressive. And um, and this was all done, you know, this was all done by a handful of uh, House representatives, uh, you know, people that 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 really gets this through. Now it goes on to the House, sorry, goes on to the Senate, and then we'll see where that, you know, if there's a similar push, you know, to 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 help DC out there. AJ Perez, front office sports with us here on GND, who's been all over this uh, stadium developments and uh, some great work here talking about what happened here on Congress, uh, in Congress rather, yesterday and, and kind of the future going ahead. So, AJ, now I don't know how on top of the DC angle you are here, but, you know, again, one of those subplots, and it's impossible for me to avoid the connections, one of the subplots of monumental upping and leaving was maybe a potential, a, a, hard to categorize this properly because I don't know everything, but just that you see the rumors in print, a icy relationship between city council chair and the mayor. They haven't seen eye to eye on an awful lot, and I think a communication issue there. I wonder now that maybe the pilot light's been lit on this, that you might see you know, maybe some forced allyship, but where does D.C. stand now with it looks like the, the light turning green? There's going to be opposition to it, especially for community leaders, that who, especially in the neighborhoods that are around RFK, which has been vacant for a few years since uh, since uh, um, you know the DC United left, you know I was the last team to play there really. Um, so you know they and DC United is not you know while there's more, more games in an MLS season, it's not NFL football. You're going to hear a lot of traffic on Sundays and I guess Monday nights and Thursday nights. Uh, you know, but you know 17, you know I guess we have eight nine times a year we you count the preseason. So you know there's going to be opposition there and that's not going away. The other part of it is uh, there are council members who are against any kind of public funding for stadiums. You know, will, will that be a factor? You know, things can change. And we're still pretty far away from even knowing. We don't even know any alternate locations. We, we basically know two. We know Maryland wants to build next to, next to, I guess, Commander's Field. Uh, it's going to be hard to say that. Yeah, same, yeah. Uh, you know, you. they want to build it there. And our, our, obviously, RFK is the first site in D.C. We don't know. In Virginia, outside of the places they that Dan Snyder looked at, including over here at Sterling, yeah, that that um that you know it could be, but you know this, we all thought we all thought even when Snyder was was still the owner, it'd be a three jurisdiction kind of battle that really opened up with uh, Josh Harris and his group coming in in July. You know, much more, it's much easier to work with somebody like Josh Harris than it was Dan Snyder. Totally, we all know why. Um, so yeah. it, it's so I think there we we may you know we might get some more. Uh, Politicians from beer, from um, uh, 
uh, the other two jurisdictions uh, kind of stepping in uh, and say, hey, we want it here. We want to keep it. You know, they're, they're, this is not done. And 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 it, until you know this gets to the president's desk and gets signed, you know you can't really you can't really count DC in quite yet. Even though if they're after yesterday, there should be some uh, there should be some uh, favor, favorable uh, feelings towards that. AJ Perez, front office sports with us here on G and D. So just in general, you meant you mentioned something that I've I've always sort of felt strongly about in theory. I hate the idea that the public has to pay for stadiums, right? But I also am aware of that's inevitable because there's always going to be someone that wants it, right? There's always going to be that marketplace or that municipality that goes, it makes sense for us. And in Virginia's case, thinking again about Monumental Sports, we've never had a stadium. We want one, damn it. And I want that. I want to cut a ribbon on a project, period, end of story. There's always going to be something somehow to have that happen. I, I wonder what the future is in, in terms of that. The NFL seems to be winning this tug of war, and I guess everybody that, that has a stadium seems to be winning this because public funds don't seem to be changing in this regard. Yeah, it's it's the NFL and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL, no matter what, when you look at what, how many billions of dollars that when you look at the, the two recent or two stadiums under construction right now in in Nashville and up in Buffalo, you know we saw how much money in billions of dollars committed to those two projects uh, or close to it. Uh, it's hundreds of millions of dollars, if probably more accurate. Um, that and we saw obviously the. The Super Bowl in Vegas, I would say to the stadium, they got, they got $750 million in public funding. If you're the NFL, you can get that. You know, it is, that mm-hmm. Kirby train is not going away. Um, now, other, other th- we're going to see with uh, Monumental, with, with their project, even though having an arena is a lot more conducive to having these in this whole entertainment district because people are coming there more often because you've got to an NBA and NHL team. So that's, you know, with the 80, 82 days a year. So it's like, you know, plus the preseason and playoffs. It's it's a little more it's a little more advantageous smaller footprint you can build more around it you know we're not parking as much it's a you know, third of a size of a football stadium uh, as far as capacity so there's a lot of things that you know that go into it and that's why all these economic impact reports we haven't seen any for the commanders we don't know where they're going yet but we've seen some from monumental you know that's uh, you know they're going to take a look at it and they're going to see if it at least cancels out the money that from the taxpayer money gets canceled out by the revenues brought in through taxes and everything else. That's like the hard and and that and that's fuzzy math. And that's a lot of uh, I've written about this several times. I got one college professor who hates when you know who thinks all these all these uh, projects are kind of are just you know are a waste of taxpayer money. And but we and there is that resistance here in D.C. from uh, community members and some council members. So there's uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how, where it goes. I don't. I think as a region, we're going to be committing as much as Vegas or Buffalo or Nashville towards a new arena, or sorry, to a new football stadium. But mm-hmm. I think I think there's probably going to be a decent public funding part of it, for no, no matter where it goes. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. AJ, always a pleasure, bud. Great reporting on this. Always appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. There he goes. That's AJ Perez of Front Office Sports. Quick on the hang-up right there. Couldn't even get him on hold. Couldn't even get him. He said, thanks for having me, and he was already touching that end button. I appreciate his time. So this got me to thinking. Again, I started the show by telling you I was wrong about this. I did not think this thing that just happened would happen. And everybody was counting on something like that happening, and they just sort of waved their hand at it and said this will work out. But So for the, for you guys, I guess you were right. I was wrong. Whatever. All in that. But it got me to thinking. It got me to thinking. And I want to hear from you guys at 800-636-1067. Could you be happy if the stadium's anywhere else? 
There's some momentum. Uncle Mo is in this locker room right now. There's some momentum for RFK. It's twofold. One, federal government got off their tuchus and seems like they did something. Again, to the tune of 344 to 52 or whatever the hell the, the total vote count was. Astounding. Overwhelming support for this thing. Okay? That's number one. And number two, you might have heard about Washington, D.C. losing a couple of sports teams recently. Did you guys hear about that? Big story. There's momentum for the foosball boys to make their home in D.C. again. Not a done deal. And somebody may come along with a much better offer. I could see the state of Maryland coming in with a better offer now that Virginia is committing so much money for the monumental folks. I could see something happening. Can you be happy with a stadium if it's not at that RFK state? 800-636-1067 is the telephone number. 800-636-1067. I want to hear from you on this front. Darius, Ryan, me, we will all weigh in, but I want to hear from you guys. It's the people show. 800-636-1067. If it's not at RFK, can you deal with that? Talk about that next. By God, that's Toby Altizer's music. Turn it up, Darius. Let him have it. My five-year-old asks on songs like this, is this a singing song? And I go, no. This is just instrumental. And he goes, so no singing? I go, no. And he goes, okay. There are a couple that he likes. His number one, that he, we call it his hype-up jams before sporting events. He likes a song called Spooky Scary Skeletons. You have to look that one up on your own time. It's tough. It's a tough listen. He likes Safe and Sound by Capital City. So I'm now so tired of that song. But I tried to get, I was like, dude, let's bang a little Avicii Levels right there. He's not, he's not about it. Uh, I'm grabbing my guy Tobias Oldheiser here for one super quick second. Are you doing overtime tonight, buddy? I am, yes. Very good. Uh, we're gonna, we have to talk about a whole bunch of stuff here. James Wood, go. Dude, I mean, he's in center field today. So maybe they're thinking, maybe mm-hmm. this guy can play on the opening day roster. He hits another home run today. Lane Train takes Kyle Gibson deep. And I was like, all right, cool. James Wood's like, you know what? I'll one-up you. I'll do it for the third time this spring. Gets on base the other night. He just hits a routine grounder that should be an out 99% of the time. And he's six foot seven and sprints down the line. This and is you the can't one. throw him out. Tobias, that's the one. Now. Homers, yes. I'm very pro-homer. I'm very pro that he's not striking out, that he's just hitting nukes. He's scoring up the baseball. A room service three-hopper. This isn't a, this isn't uh, Dribbler Donnie. This isn't what I did against every guy that had a future in baseball when I was in college. This is a room service hop up to the mid-chest level of the third baseman, who shifted over, admittedly. The look of panic when he gathers himself to throw because James Wood is already down the line I watched it 100 times. I watched it 100 times. He shouldn't be able to move like that, Tobias. No, he should not. I mean, he looks like a basketball player. He looks like an athlete. That's something I think that people don't understand. Is This dude is huge. They posted a picture today on the Nationals Twitter account of Lane Thomas and James Wood, like, high-fiving 
each other as, uh, I guess, after Lane hit the home run or whatever. Lane looks tiny Looks next like the to bad him. boy. He looks tiny. And James Wood is a 6'7". You think, all right, so he's probably a little gangly. You think of Judge, and, like, you don't always think of the best athlete. No, you watch James Wood, you're like, this dude looks like he could play small forward for the Wizards. He probably could, honestly. Probably could. But he looks like it because he can get all over the outfield, long strides. We saw him beat it down the line. Like, this is a guy that can make an impact so many different ways. This is so early. And I know we have to move on, but I'm sorry, everybody. Okay? This, this is for me. This is for me. Give me the percentage chance right now in your gut. Ignore your head. Don't you listen to that head. Mm. Talk to your gut. Reach down in your soul and feel it. Okay? Give me a percentage chance he makes the opening day roster. Don't lie to me. I'm trying to keep my head out of it because usually that's Keep that head what... right out. I don't want to hear from that head, that pretty head. Gut says 70%. Oh, my God, dude. You... Oh, my God. Gut says 70%. I mean, Think about it. they're playing him in center field today. He hasn't played much of center field in He's these sorts of situations. They're playing him in center field because that's the open spot. How dare you? Victor Robles is. Anyway, yeah, it's open. Bro. <laughs> Holy crap. And it's not like the other kid. Like, Robert Hassel looks great. Dilla Cruz looks like a, I, looks like a star. You want to sp- say something with the gut? I'm almost to the point now where I say, screw it with all the guys that have been in the big leagues. Let's just play all the young guys and see what happens. Oh, Toby, don't you do that to me. <laughs> don't you do that to me at 530 on a, on a what day is today? Thursday? Thank you, buddy. What do you, got, what do you got coming up tonight, by the way? You, do you even know yet? You haven't even done your prep. Well, we'll talk a little Nats, so we'll get some of that out of the way, but... I heard people talking quarterback with you guys. Uh-huh. I heard your your you know word association. Uh-huh. I think we're going to have to go through and rank the uh, all the quarterbacks in the first round for the last five years mm-hmm. and see where May and Daniels and these guys end up because people think May like sucks. Uh, it's it's that is weird by the way. It's very weird. So and just to double click on that for a split second. Now we're just doing the the Danny and Toby show for a minute. That's fine. But I I slightly prefer Daniels to May. Like slight lean to Daniels. I'll read something tomorrow that changes my mind. But this idea that May sucks or something, weird to me. You know what I mean? Like, the the the, yeah. the knocks on him are way over the top, in my opinion. Where, where's that coming from and why? I have no idea. I, I just know what's going to happen, Danny. We've been around this fan base long enough. You know, we, we are part of the fan base. Yes, indeed. Someone's going to be Team Daniels. Someone's going to be Team May. And whichever one gets drafted, the other fan base is going to be like, man, we screwed up. And you're not even going to give the guy a chance. And I don't want that because mm-hmm. I've said this before in the station. I think any one of these guys, if developed correctly, can be the right guy. So I don't know, you know, when they draft Williams, if he were available, or May or Daniels, I don't know that anyone's going to be like, F, terrible pick, yeah. you know, terrible grade. I think they're going to get a B regardless. Mm-hmm. And five years from now, it might be the wrong pick because Cliff screws it up and he doesn't develop them right and it doesn't work out right. I think it's all down to development, though, because I think Daniels can be a stud, and I yeah. think May can be a stud. So it's down to the coaching staff to make sure they get the most out of the guy. With with May, I feel like there's a couple of different stenches on this, and they're completely unfair to him. I think, one, I think there's an ACC stench where you don't really, I guess outside of Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson uh, the last couple of years, excuse me, I guess years ago. Yeah, yeah I know no, what you mean. I yeah, know what you mean. There, you know, there's not many high-tier prospects that are coming out of an ACC school. And I also think that there's a Sam Howell stench, which means that there's now a North Carolina stench there's at the quarterback U, There's position. a UNC Trubisky yeah. Howell stench. Yeah. I think that's I think that's part of it. I don't know if that's all of it. I think there's other underlying factors to some people's, you know, different different opinions on these quarterbacks. Dude, but I think, I that's, think that's part of it. a huge part of it. Yeah. But did you guys, you guys hear that? You guys hear that sound? It's the sound of the youngest in charge. That's Toby Altizer. Right there. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely.
James Wood, you guys. Just real quick. Everybody, everybody, take your medicine. James Wood. Okay? We're good? All right. Now, back to the matters of the stadium. <clears throat> James Wood. Not the actor. Not the guy that was in that weird Wes Carpenter vampire movie a while ago. No, 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 no. That's James Woods. Our James Wood rakes and is super fast. Okay. Uh, I want to hear from you guys. 800-636-1067. Can you be happy? Will you be pleased? Can you enjoy a new stadium for the local 53 if it's not at RFK? RFK seemed far away to me. Maybe I was, maybe because I'm Sammy the Skeptic, maybe because I'm annoying. You know, when, when it looked like Dan Snyder was going to sell, I was like, oh, let's, let's not assume, not so fast, you're dealing with a tyrant. And it ultimately happened. And all the people like Grant that already cut to the end are like, yeah, yeah it's going to happen, it's no problem. And I'm like, well, please don't jinx it, whatever. But because RFK seems so far away to me, I'd already kind of talked myself into the fact that that wasn't really going to happen, and I could be fine if it was a few different places. The only place that I can't do is its current site. National Harbor? I think it might be silly. I think it could be awesome. A location there, if that could be worked out, that's above my pay grade as to how you do it. I wouldn't be thrilled with a Loudoun County type situation, but it would be more practical, certainly, given that's where they are, given uh, points of access, given that you could build so much there around it, kind of its own mini city. Would have loved it, but I could deal with that. RFK was far away. Now it seems very real to me. And I got to tell you guys, I did the thing that I don't like doing. I got my little heart set. I got this little heart set, this little ticker. <laughs> RFK. It's now set on RFK. Now, I didn't get to go much as a kid. You guys, I don't know if you guys know this or not. We could never get tickets. The only times I got to go were courtesy of my dad's buddy, Bob Tremonti. Shout out to the Tremonti family who runs the Italian store. We had an Italian store in here yesterday, by the way, and it's amazing every time. What you do is you get one of their sandwiches, and then you get a side of pizza. Anything's a side if you eat it on the side. A side of pizza and cookies. I got a Roma with everything. That's a soft roll. That's going to be multiple Italian meats, mortadella cheese, all the hot peppers and the, uh, the sweet peppers. You put everything on the sandwich. All their ingredients are great. You eat there. That's what you do. That's what you do. We got tickets a couple times, and that was it. I couldn't go very much, but all the joy was there. All the memories were there, and you're trying to dip back into that, even though the stadium will be totally different. It won't be one of those 1970s bowl constructions. won't be the multi-purpose facilities with flimsy bleachers that bounced up and down. It'll be nice. It'll probably have a dome situation, maybe a retractable roof. I don't know. But you're trying to recreate that feeling where it's in the middle of everybody, right? Maryland fans, D.C. fans, Virginia fans, et cetera. You're trying to do that again, and it makes practical sense. I've now got my heart set on it. I was I was thinking that, or thinking about this when I saw that story yesterday, and I uh, I tweeted that I couldn't believe this this part of it had happened. I was thinking about it, you know, I was kicking it around, uh, talking to my kids about it, talking to my wife about it a little bit, and uh, a buddy this morning when we're walking our guys to school, and I'm like, I I realized I I have my heart set on it. I, this is what I want. I will not be happy. I could deal with. National Harbor. It might even might even get me excited ultimately. I could deal with a, a Loudoun County situation. I could not deal with current spot in Landover or 50 feet to the right, whatever the hell they're thinking about doing. I just don't want to be in that part of the world again. It would just feel like a defeat to me. I'm sure they could make it nice. 
They could have made FedEx nicer, or whatever the hell we're supposed to call it now. But I got my heart set on RFK. That's where I'm at, man. I didn't know it, but I do. Or I didn't know it for a while, but now that that vote happened, my heart is open to it. I can't accept anything else. And I'm wondering from you guys at 800-636-1067, could you be happy if the stadium was anywhere else? I'm going to start on line one, uh, Sergio in D.C. What's up, buddy? You're on the fan. How you doing? I'm good, pal. What's up? Uh, Two things. So I live in D.C. Like, I'm right off of Benner Road, got a clear view of RFK. Now, on that tip, like, Metro has done a lot of things to the street, so I wouldn't, like, it will be hard to kind of give us that same feel that we had once before mm-hmm. with RFK. Now, as far as them moving, I feel like as long as it's still in the DMV, like, I'm not really opposed to it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Even though I would, trust me, I would love for them to be back at RFK. Like, that's a dream come true. But to say that that's really going to happen, who knows that? No, of and course, of course, no one knows. In that area right there. Yeah. So, Sergio, let me let me ask you this: uh, Would you, so would you be would you say you're in the RFK neighborhood, or is it just you have a view from across the river? No, nah, I'm like I'm like right there, like uh-huh. like right off the of Benning Road, like yeah, yeah, like right there, like I can see the Metro RFK, like the Armory, everything is right there. Okay, so uh, the reason the reason I'm asking, not to get into your business, but I'm wondering, we've heard that a lot of the neighborhood, a lot of the neighbors are going, no, 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 we don't want this at all. Is that something that you've heard? Is that kind of the pulse you have? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for one, like, just think of the mad traffic that's coming through that compared to mm-hmm. Landover. Like, Landover traffic, like, you got 495 right there. That's cool. Traffic is doable. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about redoing RFK right there and that and those rural neighborhoods and all of that, man, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be chaos. Without In the parking lot yeah. that used to be there, mm-hmm. they're building all type of soccer fields. So, I mean, I, me personally, I just don't see it. Sergio, appreciate it, dude. It's going to take, and to Sergio's point, this is one of the things I kept talking about. He's there on the ground. He sees it. This is going to take really smart, visionary planning. I think that's true of anything, by the way. But to his point, currently as it stands, if you just go, ladies and gentlemen, RFK 2.0, it ain't going to work. You would need really, really smart sets of construction, both in terms of traffic, of roads, of parking, underground things. You need all sorts of stuff that made really practical sense to put a modern stadium situation that works for everybody right there. 800-636-1067 is the number. If you guys are on hold, stay right there. I now have my heart set on RFK. Easy for me to say that I, I now live in, in Northern Virginia. But I didn't realize until that vote happened yesterday, and I was kind of processing it, what it meant. I, I think it's such a big milestone for all this. There's still multiple places it could go. But now it felt very real to me that the possibility is RFK. And as soon as it felt real to me, I realized that's what I want. I want it. 800-636-1067. Could you be happy? Could you be happy if it's not at RFK? That's the question for you guys next on The Fan. We had a chance yesterday to catch up with team president Jason Wright. Gave a lot of great answers on a whole a wide variety of topics, everything from FedEx field naming rights now that FedEx is no longer 
sponsor, so it's not FedEx Field. It's whatever they're going to call it uh, for the short term until that changes. Uh, team moving, this topic we're talking about right now, potential new stadium, uniform stuff, everything in between. He was awesome with us, quite frankly. Answered everything uh, that we asked. We'll have the better part of that for you in the 6 o'clock hour, uh, just to catch you guys up on if you had if you didn't have a chance to hear it yesterday. We'll do that north of 6. But right now, I want to get your calls at 800-636-1067. I didn't know this until... I saw the report of that vote on Capitol Hill yesterday where Congress passed, you know, as close to unanimous as you're going to find something, overwhelmingly controlled the RFK site to Washington, D.C., making it very real now that there's a possibility. It wasn't real to me before. It was potential and whatever. Other guys have jumped to the end. That's fine. It's now real to me. I realized I want it. I want this thing to be an RFK. I could have dealt with a bunch of stuff before. That's what I want now. What do you guys think? Could you be happy? If it's not at RFK, Christopher in Hyattsville. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? How are hey, you doing? Good, pal. How are you? Hey, real quick. Uh, James Lloyd? James Wood, dude. James Wood. James Wood, dude. James Wood, you. It's like, it's like saying good morrow. Yeah, it's like, hello, James, James Woods. Woods. James Woods, you too, sir. <laughs> uh, the Nats rookies are crushing spring training. Yep. I will be really, really upset if not one of them, at least one of them, makes the opening day roster. That, that, Chris, now, like, I know Chris for derailing this thing, but you, 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 you threw the chum in the water, and you know I'm going to bite on it. I wouldn't have said that before this whole thing got started. I, was, dude, I said, but like, they're all in the minors. What's the rush? Watching these guys, most especially James Wood, not just handle it, but dominate at this stage, it's now a real possibility to me. But please, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just saying, it's like kind of like, what else is the plan? Like, they call them up and get these guys in the show so they get some experience, and we'll be good in in two years. Uh, anyway, on this RFK thing, obviously, uh, you know, the RFK site is now is the ideal location. Uh, you factor everything in play: the, the history of the franchise, this uh, central location, uh, the idea that it's the nexus of the entire region, the DMV where everyone can get to easily there's 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 so many pros checks in the pros column uh and the cons most of them are uh nimbies who don't want it in their uh neighborhood and i can understand why you don't want your neighborhood to be torn apart and choked mm-hmm. with traffic but uh it's going to happen somewhere and why not uh you know to return to the spot of their uh you know the zenith of the organization yeah when it was will. good chris thanks as always buddy uh, Amy in D.C. Amy, what's up? You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Um, look, I live near the stadium, and I think there's a lot of fake news out there, the false narrative that the neighbors don't want it. Uh, no one knows where those comments come from. They're kind of mysterious to some of us. But a really? lot of the neighbors around the stadium want the commanders there. We welcome the commanders. There's nothing more American than football. And so that's where, in the capital of the United States, that's where it should be, right there at RFK. Um, you know, D.C. has a healthy and robust youth football program. It totally does. Throughout the district, we have a Heisman Trophy winner. We have so much. So bring it to RFK and stop the false narrative. Uh, Congress did a good job. And uh, looking forward to going to some games and winning. Amy, can I, it, not, don't give me your address or anything, obviously, but can I ask where you are generally around the stadium? Sure, yeah, about two blocks from the stadium. Uh, north, south, east, west? Uh, southeast uh, on the RFK side, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a couple a couple steps away from the metro there. Gotcha. That's interesting. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
it's one of those things where I, I, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I have no idea. But you, let's say for the sake of argument, I'm like, water is wet, and I tweet that. The people that respond to me that are like, no, it's not stupid. That's not the majority of people, right? The, 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 the vocal victors, the folks that come out and, and make their statements, I don't know how representative it is of anybody. We, we react oftentimes to the loudest, whether or not that's the consensus. And we're all trying to do the best we can. I'm not, again, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. So I do wonder about that. I've heard, just like everybody else has, that the locals right around there, which I, again, as I think Chris said it very well, I understand not being thrilled. You bought thinking it was one thing, and then it's like, well, it's actually going to be completely different. Uh, they're gonna, we're going to build a stadium here. Your Sundays are going to be totally different than they were before eight times a year. It's a pretty big undertaking. You know, if you're on you know 18th Street down there, a couple blocks west of the Armory, and you bought a, a nice row house thinking that this is you know the life you were going to lead, and now it's completely different than that, I can understand being, I don't want to say put out, but feel a little bit differently. Let's go to Rowdy in D.C. What do you think, man? Yes, hello? Hey, buddy. You're on the air. Hey, uh, I'm just thinking people might forget. I don't know the Nats games. I'm from, I, you know, I grew up in Virginia. The Nationals, when they came to RFK, were pretty easy to get to from anyone on the highway, right off the highway or right off the metro. The only people that I'm sure, you know, like, the congestion would come from people traveling through the city, but they were really easy to get in and out of games. Thank you, buddy. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm up against it. I'm going to let you jump. I, the thing I will say about that is it depends on the day. If it was one of those early times where there were 40, 50-some thousand, it wasn't that easy because I did that a lot in those days. If it was, you know, uh, Sunday, 1 p.m., when they were going to lose 100 ball games, yeah, you could probably make a, make your way there pretty simply. It's It's mixed. Traffic is always going to be a thing no matter what you do when you do it in this area. Pretty much any area, honestly, when you're talking about it. And having smart solutions is essential regardless. But appreciate the calls on that. I just know this. I got my heart set on it now. I want to talk about what Josh Harris was and wasn't doing at the Combine, plus our conversation with Jason Wright. We'll hear that next on The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 